Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's a me, a man, the Garcia. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Excitement time. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Pirates going dancing, baby. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those friggin' pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hi, welcome in to a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Not a great day outside the Pirate Radio Studios. A little chilly, a little rainy, but the good news is you don't need to be outside to listen to this program. And you can have fun with us on this Friday for the next three hours right here on Pi Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. We love your interaction. And we hope to get a lot of that today right here on the show. Coming up on Pirate Radio Live, you will hear from Brian North, WCTI 12. We'll talk about everything going on here locally and beyond as he will get you ready for a busy sports weekend. North joins us coming up in about 20 minutes or so. And hour number two, Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast will join us. We'll look around what's going on, news and notes in the NFL. Also talk about the Canes Marathon game last night where they lost lost in game one of the Eastern Conference final to the Panthers. More on that one in just a moment, but Tony Dunn will join us coming up an hour from now. Patrick Mason also at the tail end of hour number two, right before the Pirates and Bulls get underway. We will have a preview with Patrick Mason. We missed his pick to click before this series began, but uh, we'll talk about that and who uh, he thinks will stand out these last two games of the series with South Florida. Big news on ECU baseball that we'll get to in just a moment. And Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, will join us hour number three. We'll talk PGA Championship. We're following that right now. We'll give you a Buccaneer leader, Music Hall leaderboard update in mere moments. Morgan Ayler is also on the show in hour number three. We'll get an update on Holton, talk some Pirate football and more with D DJ Captain Morgan coming up at 5 o'clock. So we are packed, ready to go, and glad to have you alongside as well. Shirley Rhodes is here. Chandler Honeycutt as well. Clip Rock inside the Pirate Radio studios on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. And man, uh, where to begin? I'll tell you what, since it's going on right now, I'll go ahead and give you a Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard update presented by Dub Buck. And Harold Varner III, not off to the best start on his friday round round two of the pga championship up in new york he is plus two for the day plus two for the tournament good news is the projected cut right now is plus five so as far as the cut line goes He's still pretty safe there, but as far as the leader goes, falling further and further behind as Scotty Scheffler is five under par and in the lead, one shot ahead of Corey Connors and one shot ahead of Bryson DeChambeau there for second place in the PGA Championship. So we'll keep an eye on HV3. Maybe he can make a move back towards... uh, the top of the leaderboard as he was even for round one Thursday, but plus two through seven holes today, Friday, round two of the PGA Championship. All right, uh, we've got 
some folks checking in on facebook live and youtube love to see that we will chat with you throughout today's program including uh we got a lot of facebook comments which means steve hill is on one on a friday charlie let's go and get the show started and uh, we'll see what clips you have if you don't have them we'll uh, we'll do them ourselves let me welcome chandler honeycutt in so he can speak if he needs to speak as well hello chandler hey clipper nice shirt you like you're ready for a I don't know a pirate club event, maybe a golf say, outing, maybe like an armada. Or yeah, you're ready to speak at the next pirate armada. Yeah, uh, Shirley with the cool pirate vibes only shirt. I'm rocking the Braves World Championship shirt from a couple years ago. Steve Hill says, "Clippo, go Gator, go Gator, Burgley, uh, the 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 burger, the Burgley, two little butt cheeks. It's two little butt cheeks." I, I want me some glory hole. I want me some glory hole. Swinging dingers. Swinging dingers? I'm a former long snapper. Cheer. I'm a former long snapper. Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, crap. Crap. My guy. Crap. My guy. <sighs> all right. <sighs> all right. And that's all we got. All right. Good job, Shirley. Way to get through that. Chad says, hello, sir. Ready for a great show. Well, Chad, you've come to the right place because we got a great uh, show for you today. Steve Hill says, great day for a bowl of soup. You're not wrong, Steve. We'll talk to Patrick Mason, soup boy, coming up in a little bit later on. And Jerry says, hello. Hello, Jerry. Good to see you. Uh, Peyton, Miss Balance, my old uh, teacher from D.H. Conley. I'm wearing the D.H. Conley hat today. Paige says, hey, Clip, a beautiful day to be a pirate. That it is always a beautiful day to be a pirate. And it is a beautiful day because, as Jamie says on YouTube, how about the AAC conference leading pirates? So last night, I fell asleep. I dozed off around 830 and i did not mean to do that there was a lot of sports action i wanted to catch last night but uh my eyes couldn't take it so i fell asleep i woke up looked at my phone it was 1 40 in the a.m and i was like oh man it's an exciting feeling but a scary feeling when you don't know what happened that night in the world of sports and you got to catch yourself up so i did a pirate check pirates win i did a cougars check cougars lose yeah that's what we like to hear i did an nba check nuggets two nothing series lead i scroll down to do a hurricanes check i think they were up one nothing the last time i saw it when i went to sleep something like that and it said two to two and there was a time as if they were still playing and i'm like this has got to be a mistake so i turned it on sure enough they're still playing and i watched it until they lost just before heading into ot number five more on that in a moment but i was glad to awake to see the pirates had taken care of business against south florida and cincinnati my second favorite college baseball team knocked off houston we got to send cincinnati we got to give them their flowers an edible arrangement or as chandler would say we got to give them their flowers not only did they give us six wins this year they also helped us out by knocking off Houston last night. Beautiful thing to see. And it was a close game, Chandler, right until a granny late in the game. Yeah, it was actually one to nothing. When I went and checked, I was watching the ECU game. I was like, right, let me go and just see what Cincinnati and Houston are doing. 
and Cincinnati was up one to nothing, I believe, in the third inning. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back and watch the Pirates play. And when their their game was done, I wanted to go check on Cincinnati and Houston again. They were tied at three. Next thing I know, they get a uh, two-run double to make it five to three. And I was like, okay. But that's not good of enough of a lead for Cincinnati at Houston. I don't like – I like that they're in the lead, but I don't think a two-run lead's enough. Well, they answered my prayers. They called Brandon Manning. They got insurance runs. They hit a grand slam. It was the guy that hit one against us, I believe. He's got a big leg kick. His stance is kind of very wide. They call him Big Leg. Big Leg. They call him Big Leg. And um, he hit a moonshot, and that gave uh, Cincinnati a 9-3 to lead. And then it started to grow. And then Houston tried to come back, but they weren't able to, to succeed on, on that. But Cincinnati with a very big win for us, for the Pirate fans, and uh, now we stand alone in the American Athletic Conference. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss, East Carolina, in first place in the American with two games left to play. And they'll get underway less than two hours from now, game two of that series. Uh, we had another schedule change. And maybe y'all can help me out with this one since I screwed up the schedule change yesterday. Uh, but East Carolina and South Florida will play the series finale coming up early bright and early saturday morning 10 30 a.m start time for that one uh so they'll start at 10 30 coming up on saturday ecu and usf and then after that it's off to the aac tournament in clearwater action beginning tuesday in that all right so yeah cincinnati getting the job done against houston east carolina doing their part against south florida and the pirates had to rally to do it as uh, south florida got out early but the pirates uh were able to win really the last eight innings of the game uh and and do a great job in doing so and your guy chandler dealing danny freaking bill six and a third three hits no runs six k's one walk a masterful masterful performance 78 pitches that's got to be a career high in pitches for danny bill easily and just what an effort for him we have seen why lunsford shankman do this go to distance in between games yes we have seen other well carter spivey's done it out of the bullpen of course uh there have been others but well we've seen this multiple times this year i feel like from danny bill where he's come in and just has gone the distance as far as he can and has just been absolutely dominant and getting people out quick not just getting people out but getting them out quick getting out in front of the count and uh he's just been very very good for ecu and coming in and limiting damage this year and uh he did so last night uh amazing work from danny bill who uh i'm gonna say we'll get the day off today after 78 pitches just let him hang out by the pool (laughs) yeah let him give him a pool day let him join uh denny hoover at the pool uh yeah we saw big hoof uh papa hoof with a great tweet earlier with the pirate radio hat out by the pool uh much better weather they're having there in florida than we're having today absolutely in eastern north carolina big offensive days from carter cunningham a three-hit day for carter Mm -hmm. had two runs two rbis in the game two hits from moy moy moylan josh moylan is heating up as somebody said he would we'll get to that in a moment joey barini two hits for the pirates as well let's hear one of josh moylan's doubles surely as called by jim lauk our old friend from usf moylan shopping at the gap here three two on the way to moylan 
driven into the gap in left center field. That's going to roll all the way to the warning track. Coming in to score is Cunningham. Moylan will pull up with a double. Josh Moylan uh, is heating up, getting hot, just as somebody somebody said he would. Let's go back to last Thursday's Pirate Radio Live. Uh, maybe a bad time to bring this up, or, or maybe a great time. Uh, get in while the getting uh, is low, while the, the stock is low. I feel like Josh Moylan might be ready to, to go on a tear because when he gets out and hits the ball, he is hitting it with some pretty good contact right now. Now he had three strikeouts yesterday. So you might be saying, why do you think Josh Moylan's going to heat up? When he's connecting, it happened at Cincinnati. It happened at least once, maybe twice yesterday, where he made some good contact on it, just didn't go his way. I see some gappers and some homers. We always have a guy, Brandon, at the end of the year, whether it be... Bryson Worrell last year. Yeah, Worrell. It was uh, Jake Washer, yeah. the previous yeah. conference tournament, regional, beyond. They just go on a streak. Somebody's going to do it for ECU this year. Why not? I think... I think um, how do you do that? Chandler, okay. But the entire, you, the, you, thank you for doing what you're doing right now, but the entire time that was playing, you were shaking your head, scratching your eyes, like, is this blowhard really doing this right now? I mean, just looking at your face. Like, I just, <laughs> and you can just sit there and just listen to it, but you've got to go. This is you, literally, if people can see me. Like, <laughs> All right. The you, whole time. You asked, how did I do it? I don't know. I can't explain it. It's just a sixth sense I have. But I'll tell you why I do it. Because I'm here three hours a day. That's a lot of talking and a lot of opportunities for me to say dumb things that can come back to haunt me. People can use my words against me. And I'm probably wrong a lot. But when I'm right, I'm right. And that needs to be highlighted. That needs to be celebrated. That needs to be known that people are coming to this show to not only get information and entertainment, but also well-informed opinions. And that is what they're getting when they come to Pirate Radio Live. I will never steer you folks wrong. I'll tell you how I feel, what I feel, and what I feel and how I feel is the truth. Cut that into a promo. <laughs> no, literally, cut that into a promo, and I, I can go on the sales trail and literally pitch people. Like, yeah. That is a good sales pitch Say, right look, there. Josh Moylan struck out three times the day before this man got up here and said he was about to catch fire. <laughs> facts are facts the facts are the facts and it's the facts of life uh so there you go i wanted to toot my own horn a little bit because nobody else is tooting it sometimes you got to toot your own horn you know i toot my horn all the time yeah toot your horn folks be your biggest horn tutor uh jamie said now see jamie says i feel like aaron judge is gonna heat up and go on a tear all right all right see all right yeah whatever laugh it up whatever you know how you know how back when you were younger you get out in the yard you'd say i i i'm i'm michael jordan mm-hmm. playing basketball michael jordan i i'm i'm gonna be michael jordan you can be larry bird whatever people are at their house right now saying all right i'm, I'm gonna be clip brock and they they're trying to do exactly what you did with the moreland take mm-hmm and there, it's not going to work, folks. No. Don't, don't sit there at home and make yourself look dumb. Because you it don't. It takes a special talent. You don't just say it. Like Kaz said, nice call. Speak it into existence. You're not really speaking anything into existence. It, it's a feeling. It's not just words. Yeah. 
I wasn't even really speaking last Thursday. It was the words were it coming. You were actually like blacked out when you were saying right. This stuff. I was sitting here with mouth agape, <laughs> and the words were shooting out from my insides, from your innards, <laughs> from my innards. I can't control it. It's a, and somebody said speak it uh jamie says now say the same thing for jjc i can't no i can't he do doesn't that have that feeling no i don't have that feeling right now if i do you'll be the first to know adam says just like sleep food and water i can't survive without my prl adam that is a awesome and b very sad and scary <laughs> it's sickening because if what what if something happens here, I would feel awful if we caused your death. Do know that we have a best of coming up next Friday. <laughs> yeah. so I hope you can survive that. Now here's the good news: we got good grief, hundreds of hours of archived content mm-hmm. throughout the years, and now you know that we've been on YouTube and and you can go back on Facebook and you can download, do whatever. So. Adam, I'm going to say you'll be able to survive off Pirate Radio Live at least for another 15 to 20 years. So enjoy your life. Live like you were dying, as Tim McGraw said. Live like you were dying. Jerry said clip for president. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Can I be the VP? Uh, I don't meet the requirements to be a president in this day and age. And by that, I mean I'm not 87 years old. Josh says Clip is never going to give us up He's never going to let us down He's never going to turn around and desert us You're right Josh I am if nothing else Here Present Consistent I show up It's a big part of a job It's a big part of life You gotta show up Big part of a marriage Big part of whatever Showing up Being there Being present Steve makes a good point. If I were to be president, Shirley would have to be vice president, he says. There needs to be brains in the operation. Yeah, Chandler, I don't know if our uh, our duo is getting much done up there. Yeah. You know, I asked my roommates last night. Yeah? I just, you know, you, you think of random questions. I thought to myself, I'm going to ask them this. When you have kids one day, would you let me be the godfather of the kids? And the answer from both were no. That's surprising to me. I know. I was very hurt by that. Because I don't know if I'm ready for you to be that for my child right now, especially since she's like 10 years younger than you. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to think about, right? But like your roommates don't have kids yet, right? No. And you have an old soul and you're maturing every day. By the time they have kids, you'll be ready for that godfather role. And Chandler, you're one of the most, uh, I don't even know what how to describe, you're a good dude. You're a genuinely good person. You're a good guy. You care about others. Treat people with respect. You get along with everybody. Like, how many enemies do you have, legit? Literally, I don't think any. Yeah. So you're a great person. Are you fatherly at this moment? No. But you don't have to be as a godfather. You're, you're basically waiting you're biding your time before the parents die <laughs> and then you can take over your role yeah. as godfather so i'm here to say chandler i think you'd make an awesome godfather thank you 
By the way, you should have played the Godfather music as we were talking about that the whole time. By the way, by the way, I'll do a quick update real quick. Jamie uh, says, "Did you show them the long snapper video before you asked?" It's a great point, Jamie. Uh, it's time for a Chandler Honeycutt long snapper YouTube views update. <laughs> I was about to ask. So yesterday we were at three sixteen. Is that right? That sounds pretty decent. I, we wanted to get to three twenty, three fifteen. Yeah. So I put the over under on four and a half more to get to three twenty. Mm-hmm. We wanted to get to three twenty. We would have felt pretty good about that, folks. I am very happy to announce that a video that had 315 views yesterday from seven years ago now has 350 views. Wow. Wow. Pirate Nation, you are the real You deal. are the real deal. We added a cool 35 views. He's a cool cat, man. Cool cat, man. 35 views overnight or during yesterday and overnight. So, guys... Um, I think we got to set a new goal, like 375. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Let's keep getting those views up. And maybe one day I can actually snap like I wanted to seven years ago. You're going to be discovered. It's like Isaiah Winstead. I know. Putting out his video, (laughs) gets picked up by SportsCenter, gets picked up by the Niners. Look, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. But you didn't snap back. I didn't snap back. Oh, man. Steve Hill uh, is taking some credit for this. As he should. He said, uh, you're welcome, guys. I'm the new head of social media at Pirate Radio. He did put out the the link. (laughs) I love that the thumbnail of the video was up there, too. So people could literally be like, oh, okay, there he is right there. We are trying to get Chandler a long snapping job. And you know what, Chandler? With the USFL, the XFL, you got some friends now in those leagues. Mm-hmm. You got some contacts, connects. We could probably get you in one of these leagues. Or at least a tryout with the Birmingham Stallions. Hey, Skip. Look, I'll show him a picture of me and my family with him at, I think, a spring game back in like 2008. I'm like, hey, let's make it full circle. Let me join your team, Skip. Let me be a part of your team. Join that championship culture yes. down there in uh, Beham. Beham. Chandler Honeycutt, 350 views now. Uh, you can find that Rubio Long Snapping. Search Chandler Honeycutt Long Snapping on YouTube and give it a click and give it a like. Oh, by the way, there was a two, uh, there was new comments <laughs> as well. Let me uh, pull that up one more time. So you go to it now, went from 315 to 350. And looking at the comments, there's a comment from seven years ago that says, Looking Good by Sue Lockerman. Oh, that's my neighbor. Neighbor, <laughs> neighbor Sue. Uh, 23 hours ago, Robert Matthews said, Way to spread those cheeks, Chandler. And also 23 hours ago, Tyler said, Smash those likes. <laughs> And this is on the video? Yes, uh, on wow. YouTube. We're up to nine likes now, Chandler. So the likes are rising. The comments are rising. Great stuff. All right, before we take a break, got to get to Brian North. Let's hear what happened late into the night, early into the morning in Raleigh, North Carolina, as the Panthers beat the Canes in four overtimes. Brent Burns with 15. 
Bennett keeps the puck alive. Kachuk with a shot. He scores! Matthew Kachuk with 12 and 7, 10 seconds remaining in overtime number four. Matthew Kachuk. Any relation to Keith Kachuk? Because I know that name. I don't know Matthew. Let me Google that up real quick. Just before they were about to head to a fifth overtime, Kachuk with the winner. And can anybody let me know? Keith. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No? Keith? Anyone? Anyone? His father, Keith Kachuk, played over 1,000 games in the NHL. Thank you. That's his father. Wow. His father. <laughs> I am your Faja. I remember Keith Kachuk. That's how I'll, I'm old. How old I am now how is old. I recognize players' names by their daddies. It's a sad, sad realization. What a long one, uh, Shirley. The fans were feeling it. The people uh, at home watching were feeling it, and even our buddy Wade Mentor, the PA announcer, was feeling it. Put on your headphones tight for this one. We'll play it once. We'll see if you can hear uh, what he says. To try to focus on the PA announcement here. Uh, Shirley, hit it. Final attempt by the Panthers. And overtime number three has come to an end. He welcomes the fans to yet another intermission and says, I'm so, so sorry. So uh, Wade with a sense of humor there with some drowsy fans catching that game last night. Uh, We'll talk to Wade Mentor one day next week, get him back on the show. But man, what a brutal loss. And I didn't want to feel this way watching it, but, and I don't feel this way. This is still anybody's series, but man, the loser of that game to play all those minutes, to skate all that time, to wear yourself out and to lose it. That is super deflating, especially if you're the home team. Yeah, you want to get out on a good note in this series and to play that long to get a second chance because they scored. Oh, People right. were leaving the arena, and I was... What period was that? What overtime was that in? I want to say it was the first one. Maybe the maybe the second one. I was, I'm not sure. I was snoozing. But I thought the game was over. Of course, I don't know all that much about hockey, but when they scored, they celebrated. I thought it was over. People are leaving the arena. Then, thank gosh I didn't change the channel because then they show the referees with headsets on. I'm like, I see this all the time with EC baseball. I see it all the time in really every sport. They've got reviews. So I was like, wait a minute. Can they stop this? Can they take away the goal and do we play on? And sure enough, they did. So I was like, that's awesome. Now the Canes can maybe take this as an advantage and bounce back and get a win at home but they go four overtimes and to lose the way they did is just it stinks and you want to be able to get out of raleigh with a 2-0 lead and now they're gonna to have to try to tie it up yeah gotta be one to one boy the, this is what the panthers do though they've been doing it all playoffs and uh hats off to them for uh for winning last night in the marathon game longest game in hurricanes playoff history we'll talk about that more with north here in a moment um as we go to break a legendary name in the sports world has passed away uh seeing on twitter from multiple accounts now that hall of famer jim brown oh wow uh arguably the greatest running back of all time uh, has died at the age of 87 wow. so uh, just seeing that news now jim brown 
passing away at the age of 87. All right. Uh, we will take a break, come back, and talk to Brian North, WCTI 12. We've got a ton going on in the sports world. We'll talk about it all with North when we return. Pirate Radio Live after this. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Why she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself? When you can be a pirate. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. You can take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, visit ncparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, Shirley, new leader in New York is Corey Connors as Scotty Scheffler bogey. So Connors at five under par, the leader in New York at the PGA Championship. Harold Varner the third still at plus two as I uh, got his round off to a bad start and has stuck at plus two through his first eight holes through eight on nine. We'll keep you updated on the Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard presented by the buck the buck uh pike our buddy pike who uh saw earlier this week dropped off uh some donuts for us that was nice of you chad pike said i am not a hockey fan the overtime periods allowed an ex-girlfriend time to text me while her yankee husband was watching the match on tv first of all you say you calling a hockey game a match tells me you're not a hockey guy but i feel like we need to dive more into this yeah so why is your ex-girlfriend texting you while her current while her current husband is watching hockey what were y'all texting about is this uh something nefarious going on are y'all still friends say i miss you yeah like what was like you up sup what was going on there something must have reminded her of you and said and she said i need to text him yeah i need to text him or it's like a old flame uh rekindling here like what's going on pike i need to hear more about this i can see the flame from here this could be a huge part of the remainder of our show and how's your love life going currently pike you got a new girl in your life let's talk about it we're we're your friends here at pirate radio know that your ex-girlfriend's texting you yeah does the husband know the uh your ex-girlfriend is texting you while he watches hockey after midnight a lot of a lot of questions right now then we got to get to the bottom of it here on pirate radio live if you have uh things you would like to talk about in your love life please let us know and we'll guide you along the best we know how but we'll sidebar from that real quick and talk sports as we do here on pirate radio live with brian north who joins us on the pirate radio live line to get you ready for your sports weekend north how you doing today man i'm tired i'm tired clip tired 
Well, there's a lot of tired folks, uh, maybe for not the same reason you are, folks that uh, stayed up to watch the entire Hurricanes game last night as they lose it in four overtimes to Florida, three to two. And uh, Brian, I fell asleep last night. I dozed off at 8.30, didn't plan to, woke up at 1.40 and did my... My my score app update and and to see what happened, I had to check in with ECU baseball, make sure they closed it out their win, which they did. I saw that the Nuggets won Game Two of their series, and I went down to the Canes, and it said uh, they were still playing. I was like, this has to be a mistake. I uh, flipped on the television, and sure enough, they were out there on the ice, and I ended up watching the end of it. But man, you. I don't know. You, there's a lot of hockey left and all that, but it's that's a uh, that's a brutal loss when you play that long and you lose at home. And uh, the the Panthers with a big one nothing series lead now. Yeah, and you you if you're Hurricanes, you know obviously you're exhausted and you hope that that doesn't one loss doesn't turn into four. Right? We've seen that before. The only saving grace for the Hurricanes is game two is in Raleigh, uh, and you think Florida may have the natural letdown if they're tired as well because they played the same amount of minutes. And they'll have the natural letdown of, okay, we got one on the road, so we're happy with that. And so if you're Carolina, you you hope you have enough legs to, to get out to an easy lead and then kind of coast and then maybe get back on that. But, no, you got to be real careful of the mental fatigue of losing a game like that uh, that doesn't turn into two or three losses right away. You lose Saturday. Uh, you know, yeah. I know Carolina's good, but uh, you really put yourself in a tough hole if you lose Saturday when one loss turns into two. Reminded me, Brian, of, let's see, I got the date pulled up, June 9th, 2002. So this was pre-Pirate Radio, but I was working at the time uh, for WGHB 1250 uh, radio station, and it was in Farmville, and at that time... I was uh, mostly a board op and and running games. I remember I had to run some ACC tournament games. Uh, There was some baseball games in there, but also uh, Hurricanes games. So I was running the board for the game that went into three overtimes against the Red Wings. And, you know, nowadays, like when we run an Orioles game, they send a trigger and and run our local breaks, and we don't have anybody manning the board here when we run those games. But back then, I would have to, you know, cue up the breaks myself. So I was just kind of in there drinking Dr. Peppers and, you know, eating Doritos and waiting for that game to finally end. And uh, I think I got out of there after 1 a.m., I believe, uh, that night. 1.30, if I remember correctly. I was okay. at that game. I was at that game. Oh, wow. I to do a newscast that night and because uh, we were carrying it on ABC. And finally, our, our bosses, while well, the anchors were complaining, and our bosses were like, all right, just go ahead and tape the newscast. <laughs> we don't know how long this thing's going to go. So I was outside having to tape my sportscast. And that's when they scored the game with the oh. scored the game when he goal. So we missed all of that. And so yeah. No, I remember that one clear as day in two thousand two. Man, uh that was uh that was a long one. Last night surpassed it. And we'll see how the Canes regroup and rebound coming up Saturday night at PNC Arena. What a scene uh it was though, Brian, the uh the Caniacs out in full force and uh just a lot of fun to see that place and uh I've been lucky enough to be to one at one playoff game there and uh you uh have as well uh talking about the two thousand two Stanley Cup and other games but man it is uh it gets rocking in there. It's about the loudest atmosphere I think I've ever been a part of. 2006 Stanley Cup Final Game 7. Now, when no one sat down in their seat, that's one I'll always remember that mm. my ears ring in. And that, that was the year that uh, Carolina kind of put itself on the map and changed hockey fandom just a bit because you know, it used to be etiquette in Canada and other places. You know, you'd only stand for certain moments and you sit down and watch like a gentleman. Well, 
uh, redneck hockey fans who weren't doing that uh, when it came to Carolina Hurricanes games. And, and I remember analysts saying back then that was uh, one of the greatest Stanley Cup hockey atmospheres they'd ever seen because of uh, the, the how into it the fans were and never sitting down the whole night long. Well, now uh, you got the Canes down one nothing against the Panthers and coming up tonight, Vegas and Dallas, game one of the Western Conference Final. East Carolina, uh, as Roger Daltrey said, meet the new boss, same as the old, old boss, Pirates in first place north after yeah. knocking off South Florida last night. And Cincinnati, if East Carolina does win the league, the regular season, we need to send them an edible arrangement or something. Uh, beat them six times during the year, and then they take care of Houston last night. So the Pirates do, to use an incorrect phrase, control your old your own destiny. As Nate Summers once told me, uh, you can't control destiny. And I said, you know what, Nate? You're right. You're, you're right about that. Uh, but the Pirates can take care of business here today and tomorrow and, uh, and win that regular season, which, Brian, uh, is important. We talked to Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball earlier this week. He said if ECU doesn't win the AAC regular season that will not be looked uh, upon kindly by the committee, uh, losing a weak league uh, as far as hosting goes. And that Campbell loss may have taken them out of that consideration, but uh, Pirates would still a lot of games left in the conference tournament as well still have a chance uh, to get back in that top 16. Yeah, this thing it goes hot and cold all the time. So yeah, yeah I, you know, it's uh, you got to look at the body work when they're all said and done. But all these, these little things uh, certainly would add up and and you like to have that um, that in neon next to your name that you're a conference champion. And uh, you're, you're right, it is a weaker league this year. So uh, that would certainly help. Uh, sometimes not having that next to your name might hurt worse than actually having it, especially when they're in the conference they're in. So, uh, But it all it all adds up at the end when, when they're adding it up. It's, I don't know if any game, Cliff will tell you this all the time, you know, they're all important games. So um, the, the more wins you can stack, the better it looks uh, on your resume when they uh, make that decision next weekend. Speaking of running hot and cold, uh, the, the Wake Forest at times, and I would say for most of my life, uh, you could consider them a basketball school. Uh, there were times, you know, in, in where they have certainly like a football school, uh, going to the ACC championship what, in the mid-2000s, I think, Brian, and yep. uh, have had flashes here and there. Uh, but right now, currently, I guess they're a baseball school because they are the number one team, and uh, if they can close out at least decently strong, they will be uh, the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament for baseball this year and I, I don't it's not quite come out of nowhere but I looked up right. two or three years ago Brian they had a losing record I want to say yep. so like they uh, they have certainly built this thing for this season uh, and we'll see if it has any staying power but man uh, they've been awesome this year I know they've been building but I, when I looked at the preseason rankings I'm like whoa uh, that, it jumped out me in preseason and then yeah. obviously kind of set me up to watch them this whole season and, and they've lived up to the billing which is uh, rare in sports but they've uh, certainly when you're not used to being there, sometimes it's tough to be there, but Wake Forest has acted like they've been there all, all year. And so uh, they must have had a, a great recruiting class or something that, that everybody took notice of. But they are, are certainly, uh, again, living up to that billing, and now they've already won their division. They're, they're cruising past the Hokies this weekend, and they'll be the favorite to win the ACC tournament next week. They do all those things. You're talking, you know, being one of the top national seeds or the top national seeds which is crazy because I can't remember the last time they hosted a regional, and maybe it's happened recently, but um, they've never been the school in our state that has garnered the most baseball publicity, which, you know, it's still Wake Forest. Uh, 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 was it uh, Packer used to call them uh, Switzerland? Yep, you know, yep. Nobody cares, but uh, so 
but yeah, that'd be that'd be a big coup for them if they can be the number one overall national seed. Brian North joining us. They're playing golf up in Rochester, New York. Brian, how about uh, and we're keeping an eye, of course, on Harold Varner the third round two of the PGA Championship. How much uh, golfing did you do on your on the New York farmland up there when you were up in New York? <laughs> we dreamed of it, and we didn't. Uh, we didn't have many courses when I was growing up. We had a few, but not many. And I, I never could play or yeah. afford to play. But as I get older, we had a, a farm in our town actually converted into a, a golf course. And it was like playing on the cow pasture for a while, but it's gotten better <laughs> through the years. But uh, a little bit, but not, you know, it, it was never my thing. I, I always had the baseball swing out there on the golf yeah. course, and that never worked very well. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. Just, uh, could never, uh, never found the patience for it, Brian. And I, as I told Marcus Crandall yesterday, we were talking about it. I'm, I'm not good at golf because I don't play enough, and and you know I don't play enough because I'm not good. Yeah. It's like a, it's a cycle. That's it's the thing a circle. With golf, right? It sucks you in. You hit that one good shot, and you're like, man, if I actually practiced, I could be good at this. <laughs> Every guy out there is that way, right? If I yeah. actually put some time in, I could be good. Then you put some time in, and you're not any good. <laughs> like, well, you know, and you make up excuses. But golf will get you like that with. Uh, with uh, that that um, that hook of oh, I could do this if I actually put in some effort. Brian, uh, we talked about you going to Stanley Cup uh, finals and and things yeah. like that. How about uh, have you ever been to North Wilkesboro to catch a race in your life? No, you know, and the last race there was '96, and I was I was in television, but not in North Carolina. I was working in Harrisonburg, Virginia, so I, I remember watching the races on TV at North Wilkesboro but I've never been to a race there myself. So uh, it's been quite a long time, but it's been really neat to see that resurrection uh, and transformation here over the last couple months and culminates this weekend. Yeah, and Brian, do you think, um, is this a bit of a one-off? Or, I don't know, hasn't Dale Jr. been kind of involved in trying to restore old tracks and things like that? Do you think this could be something we see more of down the road with old tracks? Yeah, well, I, I think, when you see something that catches fire like this, and I'll give you other examples, like baseball when it went to its um, new, cool, not cookie-cutter stadiums with Camden Yards Camden, yeah. first, and everybody else starts starts doing that. And not that that's the same thing, but it's that idea when something works like that, when you have the Field of Dreams game that works in baseball, you, you keep riding it. You have the outdoor hockey games. You keep riding that horse, and so... I think North Wilkesboro will be a big success. Now in NASCAR, I don't know how many old tracks you can resurrect outside of North Wilkesboro and Rockingham. And then I don't know if the other ones even exist. They've all been torn down, but you could maybe rebuild in that concept. And, and But I don't know if there's that many tracks with a history. Any tracks with good history uh, have, have stayed alive. So I don't know. It'll be harder to do, to do in that sense. They're not building Riverside in California. They're I don't know if they're rebuilding Nazareth. I mean, I don't know if you can go and rebuild some of those tracks and have it be the same thing. Yeah. I think a track like North Wilkesboro that was there with so much history, yes, it worked. But I don't know if you can replicate that many other places. Yeah, are you uh, are you following it close enough, Brian? What what driver, um, I don't know, is most conducive to having success this weekend at North Wilkesboro yeah. currently running? I, I, yeah, I haven't followed that part of it. I, I certainly will. It'll be neat for some of the older drivers. I don't think any of them have raced there. Right. I don't think anybody. Uh, so, but like an older driver like Kevin Harvick, who was racing that long after that, um, I, you know, it'd be cool to see one of those guys who appreciate it and and have, have been there and watched the transformation. I think that'll be pretty cool if somebody like that can can uh, 
Brian North joining us coming up tonight NBA you've got Bam and the Heat up one game to none uh, against the Celtics and Jimmy Butler stone cold assassin but they got 20 points from Bam out of bio the other night and uh, you look at the Heat Brian they usually at this point in the playoffs you've got star power left on every team uh, the Heat uh, kind of devoid of that outside of Jimmy Butler but Bam trying to be his uh, I guess Robin to Batman so to speak he plays well against the Celtics. Now, he's averaging 25 points against the Celtics. Remember, he had the big block against Jason Tatum in the, in the bubble to, to get them to the finals. So, not bad. There's something about those green uniforms that, that gets Idris to play really well, or maybe it's just certain matchups. But, uh, no, this is a, a team he loves to play, and, and uh, he, he's played well. And, and he's played even in the last year in the uh, Eastern Finals. He played very well when they lost uh, in seven games. But, no, there's something about playing against Boston that, that – gets Bam the best out of Bam. Yeah, and uh, interested to see if they can take a 2 nothing lead tonight. Boston, a big home favorite, 8.30 on TNT. Coming up tonight, the uh, Stanley Cup Western Conference Final Game 1 will be on ESPN at 8.30. So you got some sports options tonight to watch along with East Carolina and South Florida. North, uh, what's on your agenda for this weekend? Um, you know, watching some of those things. We've also got a big house being moved in New Bern, so that's like creating a lot of cool stories so the old tisdale house is getting moved about a mile away so putting a house on something about putting a big old house on wheels and moving it is, is, is uh i guess the locals cool. juice is flowing a little bit yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> so that's got me excited i'm actually doing a story but i didn't realize how many houses they've actually moved in new Bern uh through the years so there's this one guy named jimmy who used to move all the houses instead he used to move one a week around eastern north carolina so it's obviously uh it was more common than i ever remember but it's, I don't know. It's just something, a, a spectacle about putting a big house on wheels and having it go down the road. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Uh, you mentioned Newburn, Brian, and we'll wrap it up with this. We had a, just an awesome chat yesterday. Marcus Crandall joined us, but with Tabari Snoop Wallace, and he, uh, what, what a fascinating, what a great human being he is. Uh, we just had a, a really fun chat with him, and he told the story about how he got into, you know, teaching and eventually being a principal and eventually being in the, the spot he is now, kind of overseeing principals. But he said, you know, he went to New Bern to be an assistant football coach, and yep. at the time he was teaching a class, and he said that he, he talked about one little girl in particular who just couldn't get it, and he worked with her, and she finally got it, and uh, he she went up, gave him a hug, and he said, man, this is it. This is what I was born to do, and yep. kind of went away from the football and, and focused on the teaching side of it, and mm-hmm. it was really cool. He went into that the opposite way, like, yeah, I'll be a teacher so I can be a coach, and then it, it right. turned out to be the exact opposite. And he, I remember when he was assistant coach, and he was the, the run-out guy. He would always have this towel. He'd wave the towel <laughs> all around. He'd lead the team out for New Bern. And this is back when, they're, you know, when, when they were winning state championships in the mid-2000s and, and going to state championship games. And so now he was a big part of that rah-rah culture. But then uh, I think he saw the light. Uh, when, you, when you get your coaching stipend and then you look and see what principals make, it's <laughs> uh, pretty easy to make that decision. And for Snoop, I know that was – that was, uh, he's done a great job ever since. You know, he went to, uh, uh, Havelock Middle School for a while, and then he was at, uh, uh, H.J. McDonald, and then he got his chance over at West Craven, and he's really moved up through the chain and done a great job and, and been an inspiration for a lot of people and a great role model. So, no, for a guy who football kind of was the only thing that kept him out of trouble early on in life, to, to now have this come full circle where football is not even part of his life anymore, yeah. but, but how he got there, 
uh, it's just a really cool story. So really proud of Tabari. He's done such a great job in his life. No doubt. And if you missed that interview, check it out from Thursday's show. Awesome stuff with uh, Marcus Crandall and Tabari Snoop Wallace. Brian North joining us today. Brian, have a great weekend, man. We will check in with you again next week. All right. Sounds good, Clip. Brian North joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line, Free Beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We will take a timeout still to come on today's show. We got Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast. We'll see if anything's going on in the NFL. Also talk about the more about the Carolina Hurricanes. Also, Patrick Mason will get you ready for ECU South Florida game two of that series. Morgan Aylers joins us to talk some pirate football, get an update on uh, Holton Aylers in Seattle with C.J. Johnson and also Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, talking PGA Championship. All that and your comments on the way. Pirate Radio Live, back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Dickinson Avenue Public House is a lively and diverse restaurant in Greenville that uses fresh and local ingredients with influences of Creole, Asian, and upscale Southern cuisine. The Dickinson Avenue Public House offers a seasonally rotating menu and a full-service bar with rotating craft brews on tap. Come to the intersection of 8th and Dickinson and enjoy Dollar Oysters Tuesday through Thursday from 5.30 to 7. For more details, check out daphousenc.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, wrapping up hour number one of Pirate Radio Live. As we look at our Flight by Yingling ECU report, Pirates and Bulls going to go at it just over an hour from now down in Tampa, Florida, and uh, they will play, If in case you missed it, tomorrow's game, Saturday's game, coming up 10.30 a.m. So they're doing all they can to get these games in. The Pirates need to get them in, and they need to get wins so they can be, once again, the regular season AAC champion. We'll preview game two. Looks like Josh Groves on the mound tonight for the Pirates as they take on the Bulls coming off a just an awesome performance by Danny Beal on the mound and uh, you had some hitting heroes as there Josh Moylan Carter Cunningham in the win last night over the Bulls Chandler I tweeted this out earlier today did you see uh, what I tweeted out earlier today I hope you didn't all right good what Los Angeles Lakers starter dang it you did see it yeah uh, has played in Menchie's Coliseum in 20... I say 18? I guess I gotta look up my own tweet. I, was, I tell you what I didn't look up, though. I didn't look up where he went to school. Oh, okay. Here we go. What current LA Lakers starter had five points against East Carolina in Menchie's Coliseum in 2018? And the answer is... Was it non-con or was it conference? First of all, who's the answer? Oh, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is correct. You're asking me, was it non-con or con? Non-con or con? It was con. Con, huh? Mm-hmm. And the Pirates lost by 25. <laughs> was it Cincinnati? Houston. 
It was not Cincinnati, Houston. Neither one of them. Was it Wichita State? It was. So Austin Reeves, I guess, transferred from Wichita State to Oklahoma, I believe. But Austin Reeves uh, played 17 minutes in that game, scored five points as Wichita absolutely rolled the Pirates that night in the Mengees. Hmm. Yeah, I did see that tweet. I thought that was interesting. I, I, I actually saw your tweet i saw you had comments and i knew the answers had to have been there and i tried to guess and i just couldn't think of who it was and then when i saw that somebody said austin reeves and you gave him the, the check emoji i was like man I, I guess i couldn't think of anybody else but austin reeves well, man i didn't know he played against the pirates I was, I was watching uh pick central earlier today and they mentioned he had gone to wichita state and i thought to myself huh did we ever see him here in mengees so i looked it up and sure enough uh he played in mengees at least one time 2018 uh he had 22 points by the way last night in the lakers game two loss so he has turned into quite a player for la uh goes from scoring five points in Minji's to scoring 22 points in ball arena in the western conference finals yeah not bad not a bad uh career path from him all right so by the way the uh the lakers did lose that game so they are down two games to none and we will talk uh, more about the hurricanes loss and some nfl with tony dunn c3 podcast he joins us here on pirate radio live we'll talk about the passing of jim brown and chandler start thinking about this we'll talk about some of the first of all can you name the best running back you've watched play in the nfl with your own eyes and uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite running backs as Jim Brown passes away today at the age of 87. We'll take a break. Come back. More to go. PRL Hour 2 on the way after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Well, uh, welcome back. Christie's Europub is the perfect place to relax, grab a bite, and enjoy a drink. Located in the heart of Greenville and just a few blocks from ECU's campus, Christie's offers lunch, dinner, and late night with live music every Sunday. Come and have lunch Monday through Friday from 11 to 3 or Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 4. For the latest information, check Christie's out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram or online at Christie'sEuropub.com. Scratch cooking takes time, so relax and enjoy uh, enjoy a pint today at Christie's Europub. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt. I am Clip Rock, Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast to my left. And we welcome all of our radio listeners, of course, along with our Facebook and YouTube group, including Randolph, who's in. Says, good afternoon, Chandler, Clip, and Shirley. Hit those likes. The Canes and Pirates, a lot more games to play. I believe both teams will be victorious. Randolph is a believer. He is a believer, and he has he just puts everything into words beautifully. <laughs> Unlike yourself. <laughs> he paints pictures with words. He is. 
while Chandler colors outside the lines. Yeah. <laughs> You're a wild man, Chandler. He, he lives by his own rules. All right, we'll start. We'll get to some uh, some Hurricanes hockey, Tony, because you and uh, your wife especially, big-time yeah, Canadians. Yeah, man, the game Mar- went late. First of all, night. did Miranda stay up to watch the whole game? She fell asleep. Oh, man. I was falling asleep early in the game, and then I got up and couldn't go back to bed yeah we'll we'll start with i had a similar story there we'll start uh with football though and the passing of jim brown who of course we never saw play uh but as looked at as the all-time great to some uh if not uh up there in the top two three four whatever conversation as he dies today former cleveland browns running back and uh, just got me thinking because we don't have a lot to say about Jim Brown because no. we never saw him play or anything. But uh, I don't know. I guess the, well, go ahead. What I would say is that when I look back and every time we bring up a player like this and I go back and Gail Sayers is another one and I go back and look at their numbers, I'm like, man, did anybody tackle like these guys just put up incredibly big numbers like kind of what probably they look at the game now and look at passing numbers right we look at their rushing stats and they just were like OJ's uh 2000 yep. season was like in a 12 game season and it's just like, like how 2, do you, yards or yeah, like yeah. how do you even do that and so that's I guess the most impressive about those older backs is and I guess Gail I think Gail Sayers numbers are up there too that's um that's interesting. I wonder what the passes per game was. Right, let me look up Jim Brown's numbers and see like, like his years. When the Bears were relevant. <laughs> you got to go back, right? <laughs> uh, but like passes per game today is what, 40? 35, 40 yeah. probably. Um, and back in Jim Brown's day, it was, was it teens, you think, or 20? Like Quarterbacks are like nine. Wait, they're throwing like 67% and it's like six for nine <laughs> right so he played from 57 to 65 and had my goodness just uh tremendous numbers uh had thousand yard seasons every year except his rookie year when he had 942 and then in 62 he only had 996 other than that he was beyond 1200 1300 had an 1800 year so uh, look at the touchdowns too tony 106 touchdowns 9 17 14 had a 13 a 12 a 17 so uh just monster numbers yeah those are the days when you draft all running backs in fantasy football it is well in real football yeah (laughs) (laughs) now you don't uh in either just about and i wanted to talk about the best so if i ask the question who's the best running back you've watched play in your lifetime who would your answer be um i think it'd be marshall falk all right chandler who's the best running back you've ever seen with barry was a hair before me really okay i watched some barry mine was probably prime adrian peterson uh my my answer to who is the best running back i've seen play would be adrian peterson think so but oh wow but i was thinking about this like am i i think about fantasy football so much i went to like ladanian tomlinson marshall falk as you said but they were just amazing all-around football players. I guess pure running back is Adrian Peterson, the way he ran and the everything. The more traditional. Well, then you yeah. can put Chris Johnson in there. He yeah. had a couple of seasons that were just as good as APs. And I'm sure somebody out there is saying, well, why don't you say Emmett Smith? He's got all the records. I think I'm biased. What about your guy? 
that was the basically that did uh, from the Colts to the Cardinals. Uh, oh, Edge. Yeah. I mean, we're talking best Portis. No, uh, you're naming good running backs. Yeah. You're not naming best that we've seen. I don't know. I mean, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he was, was a freak. He was pretty awesome. Yeah, and Falk's a good answer too because I don't know if he. I feel like he changed the way running backs are used. And I feel like valuable. he's uh, the modern running back. Yeah. Like and was doing it in the 90s. Even more so than Barry. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Barry Sanders caught a ton of passes out of the backfield. Hey, YouTube boy, who's the best? Who has the best YouTube highlights? There's a good question, too, for oh. running backs. Because Barry Sanders will be up there. I'm not saying Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson will be up there. Up I'm not there. saying it's just because I'm an ECU fan, but Chris Johnson. Yeah. Man, they're, I watch his highlights really, all the time. It's really fun to watch. And Tony, you were mentioning old school names earlier. Earl Campbell is my favorite old guy to watch because he's got the ones where they just they take his jersey off and he's still running <laughs> with just shoulder pads and he never went around anybody. He just lowered his head, which you're not supposed to do today, right. and just bowled a guy over with his neck. So uh, his highlight tape. How about we go down Nostalgia Lane and just talk about if we can't only do we have to only talk about the best running back? What about some of our favorites of those time periods? So for me, it started with Marshall Falk. And then you got names like um, Sean Alexander. Now, he was a pure old school running back. That was a real running back. He was. And I hated him because I hated the Seahawks. They knocked out Washington twice in the playoffs. He had these monster games, Tony, and was never, ever on my fantasy team. Yeah, he was was on my fantasy football team, so I loved him. He is a true... five touchdowns in a game. Yeah, just put up crazy stats. Um, Let's see. uh, Steven Davis is of that caliber. Yeah. Is that... Very traditional old school runner and then you get the Ladanian Tomlinson to Adrian Peterson era that maybe would, would Clinton Portis be in that same time period yeah and Clinton Portis was one of my favorite all-time running backs and at, honestly he didn't have the body those guys did but he was more of a traditional yeah. running back he was not much of a pass catcher came from Denver's system and who always were churning out those types of running backs they were not throwing the ball a ton to running backs then yeah, I mean Which Marshall Falk was Falk kind of the, yeah he was uh, him and Ladanian Tomlinson were kind of the outliers I feel like, and then you get the Chris Johnson era to I'm trying to think of some other guys that we might be missing in there. Um, let's see Chris Johnson. Well, post Johnson, you kind of go to and like who's the best been in the last ten it's, years? It's like Chris La- McCaffrey. McCoy. Oh. Yeah, Briefly. I mean, he did it for a I minute. I feel like we've had, and this is how the running back position Todd is now. Gurley. It's like flashing the pans almost. Yeah, where shorter careers. You get Gurley, Jamal Charles, uh, Priest Holmes, which was going back now. Whoa. But Devontae guys, Freeman was Larry Johnson had a two-year run. Yeah, they're awesome. very, very brief runs now at running backs of guys who put up monster years. There's kind of, there's, who else? Um, I'm trying to think of who are some of those. Oh, uh, David Johnson, I thought was oh, going to be uh, the next Hall of Fame running back. Not one season. And he had really one year and got hurt, and that was it. Like, David Johnson, that, it was amazing. The most consistent running back since, like, uh, oh, or Marshawn Lynch. He's yep. probably been the yep. last one. But uh, the most consistent has probably been uh, a guy from Tennessee. Oh, Derrick Henry, yeah. sure. And, and yeah, and he is a 
He's a modern throwback running back. He is old school. But he can still, I mean, I know they don't work him into the passing game, but he can catch the ball and run with it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not like he's running routes. It's he's freakish. Like, In fact, um, I don't know. If he goes five, four or five more years, which seems like is going to be impossible, like he could surpass Adrian Peterson in my pick for best running back. He's going to be one of those guys, I think, that never gets the credit that he probably is due. He's I don't know. Famer, I think right? it's because he's so big, you just expect him to do it. You think he's a Hall of Famer already? I think so. Wow. Let me look at uh, all-time leading rushers and see where he is on the list. Uh, there's a guy, Tony, that uh, I had a trivia question the other night, Frank Gore, Gosh. <laughs> who just played forever from 2005 to 2020. So, uh, Jim Brown, by the way, 11th now all Curtis, time. Curtis Martin, underrated running back, too. I think that speaks to how good Jim Brown was. We're talking a guy that played in the 50s that's still top I mean, 11. 11, yeah. yeah. That tells you how amazing he was. Uh, let's see. Who am I looking for? Derrick Henry. I think it was Eric Dickerson that had the crazy stats. Derrick Henry is uh, number 42. He's got 8,800, so he'll get to 10,000. You look at some of these guys at the 10,000s. Eddie George, uh, Tiki oh, Barber. Man, there's a name. Ricky Waters, man. He might actually. He's underrated. He might be the best running back I've seen. Play. No, he's not. He was really good. I know there. he was, but he's not the best we've seen. He play. was better than Reggie Bush. He was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he am was I. Better. So, so am I. <laughs> Reggie Bush. Why did you bring Reggie up Bush Reggie Bush? Bet, man, he was, had a long, a good, solid career. He is better than Sean Alexander. Ricky Waters? Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to ask Seahawks fans because both of them uh, played for Seattle. Oh, Corey Dillon, another running back I liked a lot. Fred Taylor. See, these guys, these are all – I love this era because this is when I was in college playing fantasy football and we were, like, going through the newspaper and doing it. And it was just the fun t- – where we would grill out and have our fantasy draft. Now we're like, uh We'll do, we it do it online. Text, yeah. Um, but that was a great era. the The two thousands and the nineties was kind of the last era of the the every game, every down running back. Like Jerome Bettis is an example Steven of that. Steven Jackson, yeah. So uh, we just don't get that anymore. I was looking up. Uh, let's see, annual leaders just to see if any like one year wonders pop out. Tony from two thousand. Uh, Ricky Williams could have been one of the best. He had other interests in life certainly he's just ahead of his time dude curtis martin you mentioned um mjd fun everybody loved him kind of the small man rooting for him demarco murray a great example of a guy who how is he well wait he just had one big year this is annual leadership oh okay yeah uh kareem hunt is one of those guys in the jamal charles kind of category who kareem hunt got in trouble i want to say after his big year so uh nowadays you just get guys now where where does jonathan taylor where is he going to end up stacking up the problem is you only get like four good years of these guys now and they kind of fade away yeah and you're not going to get they're not going to give the workload to you know there's not going to be out there every down and that's just the difference is marshall fault never left the field ever Kaz said would Eric Dickerson be up there you mentioned him Tony and that yeah. was uh, a little before our time but if you look at his numbers man they're be- they're look they're like Jim Brown numbers yeah like they're insane he had man. a 2,000 yard season yeah up. yeah like three of them <laughs> I mean I don't know if it, not that many but it it's 
Like when you look at his run, it's wild. Shirley, what do you got? Uh, greatest running backs you've seen seen actually play in your lifetime. To me, it's Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. See, I missed out on Walter Payton. I did get to see Barry Sanders, but uh, yeah, it's the first time we've mentioned Sweetness's name. Yeah, yeah. Look so, at that first that seven year run there. So eighty three to Eric oh, Dickerson hit the league with eighteen hundred yards. His sophomore season. 2100 yards <laughs> dropped down to really? 1200 disappointing gear back to 1800 uh he had a couple thousand yard seasons then we get another 1600 yard season and then you start to see the wear down and again that's only well, like still, a he gets a 1300 yard but that's eight, uh it's one, only a six, six seven yard uh year run of these running backs before they kind of hit a wall and go out I know, those numbers are wild though i saw jamie and we think of the colts and the quarterback run they had with peyton manning and andrew luck but jamie said i was able to uh watch falk and edge uh but he says barry sanders walter peyton were the best i've seen live he says going by nfl films it would be jim brown you know what's kind of crazy is the tennessee titans have one of the best running back histories in the NFL, I mean, from Eddie George. Let's, let's throw, let's count the Oilers where they came from, so I can throw in Earl Campbell. Oh wow! So we'll go Earl Campbell, Eddie George, Chris, Chris Johnson, Johnson. Chris, CJ Two K, and Derek Henry. White. <laughs> Lindell White, Bishop Sankey. <laughs> I was really was Lindell White the. Uh, um, no, it was a Cadillac. Who was the guy that came? Ronnie. Uh, oh, God. What is this? Ronnie name? Brown? Yeah, I was a big Ronnie Brown fan. It always hurt. Mm. Uh, was it Ronnie Brown and Cadillac that played yeah. together at Auburn? Yeah. Uh, Jamie says Todd Gurley is an example of how running backs today don't last. I mean, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley lasted probably longer than he should in some ways is with all the knee injuries he had. And it was, it's wild to see how far he fell off out that quickly. Yep. It I, I, it's kind of almost hard for me to believe that he's that that it w- went down that fast. Was it like the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl where he basically like didn't play because he was like hurt and somebody had taken his spot basically? Oh, well, it might have been the championship. I remember they like sat him out for a long time in that. Uh, somebody just tweeted something or sent a message that I don't think is true and oh somebody pulled a chandler honeycutt what jamie says ronnie brown passed away not long ago oh that was that might be a tony uh, i did too. that with you the other night at trivia because rob Who'd you Bar- kill i didn't kill him he was already ki- he was already dead <laughs> oh. but, but rob baronis he's actually passed away oh. he was a part like he was a part Fine. of uh, a question i killed somebody I, on this show not too long ago but yeah. I, I went up the clip and i gave my answer and i was like rest in pre i was like rest in peace rob baronis he was like is he no longer with us i was like yes he's he's died three or four years ago all right he's he's passed away well jamie just killed ronnie brown when he meant to say ronnie hillman Oh. so jamie did correct himself i'll give you some credit oh on that boy. but ronnie brown is still with us let's please try to not kill people that are still alive here on the show in the i know world. only kill people who are dead yeah like I mean, then you're not killing anybody rest in peace jim brown aren't you not supposed to beat someone when they're down though we're not beating them we are reporting it or talking about or it. stepping on their graves <laughs> yeah it is it is low class <laughs> low rent 
All right, we uh, we got to get a break in. We'll come back if you uh, if you guys want to talk any running backs, you can. Uh, what former Panthers running back sounded the siren last night? Jay Stu. Yeah, way to ruin that one. Oh, who ruined it? Oh, oh, you I thought, thought you, I was teasing I, I it? I thought teasing it for the back. No, I was asking. Good job, Chandler. Oh, you also another team that's had a great running back run from Steven Davis to Double Trouble. Carolina Panthers, baby. Yeah, yeah they have had some uh, some really good backs in their time. Uh, and we'll see if Miles... What, what is Miles Sanders? I'm still curious about what he is still. A is guy that's going booby? to run for 2,000 yards. Booby. That's what his nickname is. Booby. They call him Booby? He's Booby. Yeah. Booby Sanders. Booby oh, I'm Sanders. calling him Booby Sanders. I'm definitely calling well, That's so do they. <laughs> we'll take a timeout, come back. More with Tony Dunn, more with you, Patrick Mason, coming up later this hour. A lot more to go. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearent.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Got some other running back names uh, coming in. We've got uh, Bobby on Twitter gave us his top five. I'm going to say Bobby is a few years older than me. Not much, but a few. Because he goes number one, Barry Sanders. Number two, Walter Payton. Number three, a name we didn't bring up, Tony. Tony Dorsett. A little before yeah, our time. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, number four, Eric Dickerson. Number five, Marshall Falk. So there's, Can I throw in Emmett Smith as well? You can. And, and again, we didn't talk about him. And I think I have a bias towards him. And it's probably unfair, A, that he's a cowboy. But B, he was playing behind a all-pro offensive line and i almost but i shouldn't take that away from him but he just didn't have the highlight tape that some of these guys have oh well how about I but he's got the numbers he just reeled off five or six every time he's got every yeah. every stat every every number. touchdown number yeah. probably well and i can all in terms of running backs that i really enjoyed watching play i i you can i can throw the bus in there yeah Jerome Bettis. He was fun to watch, especially for a uh, a chubby kid like myself. Always root for the Chubsters. Oh, so yeah. Jerome Bettis. I'm gonna throw bumbling, out. bumbling, stumbling. Yes. Oh absolutely. yeah. Mike Allstott. <laughs> I'm gonna throw out his backup, Willie Parker. Shout out Clinton. Stand up. Jamie says Marcus Allen. I had another good one uh, texted in. See, this Tony, says- we left off a name though. Okay, this just shows like when I think we get into sports a lot. So I, yeah. in the 80s and 90s, I was a baseball kid. You know, I was baseball and hockey. And then I, I didn't get into football until Julius Peppers got it went to the NFL. To the Panthers. Yeah. And that's like overall. when I really became a football fan. At one point in time, Tony thought the best basketball player alive was Stromile Swift. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because of NBA Live. Yes. Um, we left off a name, Tony, uh, Terrell Davis. 
Yeah. Did I we kept, leave them off? Um, no. Yes. Yes. I mean, we did because we. But I guess it just says we like we like Clinton Portis better. Well, and I think that's a personality thing. Terrell Davis too is the the story of a guy who had just a few years of tremendous success and then nothing. Yeah, like he short career. Yeah, very short, but enough to get into the Hall of Fame. And it shows you too, like uh, how your your views of these things are colored by like the systems that they're in. Because, like you said with Emmett Smith, you think of like the success of all the players around him, and how it made it made it look easy in some ways is that we started to get to the point where if Clinton Portis wouldn't have gone to the to the Redskins you you just think oh man it's it's part of the system it's the Shanahan system that just churns out running backs and he had some good years in Washington a couple of years yeah. where he just dragged them to the playoffs but if he'd have stayed in Denver he could they might have like broke records yeah yeah probably but then they just put in some other guy that like whoever went in after remember the mike anderson yeah landis <laughs> gary yeah, they, just, every random running back uh reuben drones and you would think they were going to be good i know and then you draft them the next year in fantasy yeah, and they, they just pick the next guy up off the street um a texter tells me one year at auburn they had cadillac williams ronnie brown and brandon jacobs it was a really good traditional running back. Man, and had a good pro career with the Giants. That's, yeah, he transferred to Northern yeah. Illinois, but he was a really good Giant. Him and Tiki, yeah. Good one-two punch there. What a ba- running back room that was. And then didn't uh, two, didn't uh, Ronnie Brown and Cadillac play on the same NFL team? No, or no one went to Miami. I remember Brown. Tampa. For, yeah, yeah okay. yep, they both were in Florida. What about Steven Jackson? Again, like probably underrated. Got, uh, totally underrated. I mean, imagine. I mean, the fact is, is that they had nothing but him, and that was the in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, he and, is the Rams' all-time leading rusher, and he's like the reason the that the Rams aren't in St. Louis anymore. <laughs> Not him, but he didn't like, win enough. Uh, yeah, like it was just like you didn't. He ran them out of town. So he was like post Greatest Show on Turf when they had some down years. And it and was like went, seven straight down years. And he was and just, they got uh and that was when they who was it that ruined the well actually fixed everything for us because he got fifty million dollars before he even played. Um God, what was his some people say he comps to um CJ Stroud a lot. They uh, who was who the you quarterback about? quarterback went to the Rams, number one overall, was supposed to be the great next great thing, struggle with injury. Oh, Sam Bradford? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Jamie says Bo Jackson. <laughs> Talk about now, that. that. Now, we uh, did uh, leave that one off the Shirley list. Shirley did uh, mention his name off the list. He was the, arguably the best you could see. And we were. That was before time, but I know that it was... It wasn't because he was iconic enough that when I was in third grade or whatever, I was reading the Bo. We would have these books that um, had like two players, and it was like it would get them in the little like a um, classroom library and it was like Bo knows this and Bo and yeah. this person but we remember Bo Jackson as just being a multi sport athlete oh speaking of Bo Jackson did you hear the recent story with him he uh, had the hiccups he, he had the hiccups. suffering for the hiccups for an entire year mm. yeah and that's why he missed uh, somebody's uh, statue reveal recently and so uh, somebody goes Man, that sounds that that is miserable. And I put Bo knows. <laughs> if anybody knows, it's Bo. I did see a sixty minutes episode once where a guy had the, the hiccups for like twenty years. 
I mean, and he was just working a cash register at the grocery store, just God. pick up. And, oh, I wonder. Like, I guess you get used to it, but man, yeah, no, no, man, bonus. I hope you get used to it. Gosh, poor guy. That is terrible. Uh, that's uh, that's brutal. It's like worse than wishing heartburn on somebody. Exactly. All right, uh, a few minutes left, Tony. The hurricane. So I fell asleep last night at eight thirty, <laughs> and nice. I woke up at one forty, and the game was still on. Yeah. So I watched the end of it, and. Uh, that's a tough one to lose, man. You, you got to worry now. Like this game two is paramount for Carolina, obviously, to tie this series. People won't like to hear this. The the Hurricanes didn't really deserve to win. I mean, and obviously they didn't because of the score. They played some of their worst hockey, in my opinion, and that's and that's wild to say for a team that goes into almost five overtimes to say they had a, a bad game. But they really had a difficulty generating any offense outside of the Ajo line. They missed a opportunity after opportunity to steal the game away, um, and they just were pl- they played sloppy a lot of times. Turned the turned the puck over a lot in the mid ice, and I, I felt like the Panthers played a overall a very good game all around. And outside of Anderson, I mean, it would have been clear that the Panthers had a better team out there. And it was just surprising that the shots on goal favored the Carolina Hurricanes, but it just didn't feel like they were the better team. We're going to have to get that Nacious line to get some more uh, offensive pressure. He had a breakaway that he almost had. I mean, there was some moments that you could have snuck away with a win, you know, somewhat undeservingly in a way. But you're right. Is how is this? You know, winning game one is important in any series in the NHL. It's remarkably important for the Carolina Hurricanes, who continue to struggle to win on the road. The Florida Panthers have been great on the road throughout these playoffs, and man, that's kind of it's a heartbreaker for fans. I wonder what it would have been like. Miranda and I kept talking about, and then she fell asleep in like the third overtime. So you know, and we were talking about like. Would it suck to be at this game? <laughs> like, is that they stopped selling beer three periods ago? You're, I mean, you saw people out there that were like their beer buzz had gone away. Kids are ready to go home. You're almost forced to stay. Like, if you, no, you have to, like, yeah, you have to. You're trapped <laughs> in the building. And then they pulled that goal back. Yeah. So they said at one point, eight thousand people coming right back to their seats. Like, um, what a long, you know, it's it's one of those things I think is kind of like a, it's the way you lose that might hurt too. So you just hope it doesn't sap the energy out of the team, uh, literally and figuratively. I was trying to think of like longest other games my favorite teams have played, and Washington has had a, a few ties. I know the Panthers have as well, but how about the um, that Steve Smith walk off? How much time was in overtime when he walked it off against the Rams? Because oh, like in the NFL, know. if you don't score, you just keep playing in yeah. the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I was just I was trying to think of other long baseball games. games. How oh, many yeah. baseball games have we? That's another miserable experience when you go eighteen innings or some mess. Like, what's the worst? What the well, the Pirates and Campbell in? went nine innings the other night, and it went four and a half hours because it was fourteen to thirteen. What's the longest you've called? Uh, the rain one, where you were well, there for nine hundred years. Obviously, those uh, those regionals where you're there forever, and that we started uh, that Texas game started back after ten o'clock, right? But there was one before that too, in another uh, previous year that we started late due to rain. But mm. anyway, Tony uh, C three podcast, what you got, Chan? I was going to say the Steve Smith touchdown. 
first play of second overtime. So it went through one whole overtime. One whole overtime. Okay. It was the second overtime. It was the very first play. Man, imagine how gassed you are playing football for that long. Yeah. And I mean, well, hockey too. I mean, yeah, at least they they changed that they were really disciplined about changing lines last night and that was the thing is they were changing every 40 seconds, you know, so you were trying to stay for but you could see guys I mean, they were just tired of playing hockey. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Tony. Thanks for joining us today, man. All right. See you next week. We will take a timeout. Come back. We got an ECU lineup, and we got Patrick Mason talking Pirate Baseball. When we return, Pirate Radio Live here on a Free Beer Friday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. You can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 until 6. And, of course, the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. All you have to do is go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, click on that subscribe button, and while you're at it, click on that like button, too. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right. This is neat. Just saw this from Ellerby. Tulane uh, Class of 2023 Hall of Fame includes a few names you may remember. Orleans Darqua, running back, I believe. Ryan Griffin, quarterback. Toad? Todd? 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 Our buddy Todd Graffinini will be introduced. Hall of Famer into the Tulane Green Wave Hall of Fame. And that is awesome. He has been with uh coming on pirate radio for a long long time Tulane announcer now the announcer of the pels the new orleans pelicans and that is uh that's really cool news a big todd graffinini fan speaking of wanting games to end like we did last night uh he wanted a game to end (laughs) that he did yeah we've got a whole highlight tape of todd we could play here on pirate radio shirley i'm gonna send you uh p mace's number can you already got it i'm getting ready to call him Oh, all right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll get Patrick Mason on the Pirate Radio live line. Uh, but Todd Graffinini, we'll get him on to uh, talk about his induction, talk about the Pels. And uh, he's not a Pirate fan, but he's sure he is a Pirate respecter. I'll say that. Really respects what we do here at ECU and at Pirate Radio. So uh, congratulations to Todd Graffinini. Got a lineup for the Pirates game two of their series with the Bulls. Leading off, Lane Hoover in center. Batting second, Carter Cunningham in right. Josh Moylan hits third at first base. The catcher is Justin Wilcoxon at cleanup. Hitting fifth, J.C. in left field. The D.H. is Luke Nowak batting sixth. AMAC, Alec Makarevich, is playing third. Hitting seventh in the lineup. Joey Barini will hit eighth, playing short. And the star man, Jacob Starling, hitting uh, ninth, playing second base. Josh Groves on the mound for the park. Park. Joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line is Patrick Mason from the Daily Reflector Soup Boy. Patrick, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Cliff? How's it going? Going good and uh, going good for the Pirates, Patrick, as they 
wake up in first place of the AAC. How about that turn of events last night with East Carolina taking care of their business, which we said they had to do, but also getting a little help from uh, Cincinnati yesterday. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about a first-place baseball team now. And, uh, yeah, just the way the games were set up yesterday, you know, East Carolina scored a bunch of runs at the end, and they took care of business, and then you just start scoreboard watching a little bit. And that Houston-Cincinnati game was 3-3, three to three, I think, through the sixth inning. So, you know, it could have gone either way. And then, uh, yeah, you know, Cincinnati pulled it out. And now, you know, ECU holds uh, their own destiny. You know, they just – have to worry about themselves now, which is kind of a nice place to be because they've been chasing for the past few weeks. Patrick, did you have Danny Beal as your Thursday Cy Young uh, on the bingo card? How about his performance last night? Yeah, and you know, he's probably been their best reliever maybe for the past three weeks now. I mean, he, he's been really great. Um, I, was, I was looking it up. So over his past eight appearances, it's 17.2 innings. Um, so basically almost two full games. Uh, he's given up six hits in one run. Yeah. Um, so, so he's just been lights out. And, uh, I mean, he's just great to have, too, because he can go multiple innings. And, you know, you know, eat up some innings. And, uh, really, you just have to worry about getting to him. And he can uh, take it from there. Talking to Patrick Mason, I said last Thursday, Josh Moylan was going to heat up. Patrick, he was your pick to click going into last weekend, and his bat has stayed hot. Had that dramatic home run on Tuesday night at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Lined one in the gap for the go-ahead run yesterday, and the Pirates never looked back after that. And there's going to be some other guys to step up, but right now, Josh Moylan is the guy holding the heater in his hands at the plate. He really is. I mean, he, he's been incredible. And even when he's struggling, he's a guy who always had a really good eye. So he would he would draw some walks, and I feel like he would just always put together some competitive at-bats. And, you know, now when he's going well, I mean, he's if you're throwing in the strike zone, he's going to pound it pretty hard somewhere. So he's really tough to pitch to. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's really just been, been awesome for him right in the middle of that lineup. Josh Groves getting the start today for the Pirates. By the way, schedule change if you're just tuning in. 10.30 a.m. start time. So some morning baseball for the Pirates and the Bulls coming up on Saturday. Uh, and Jamie asking on YouTube, is your Savage hurt? Uh, he says, I think this is the first time when healthy he's not been top two starters for a weekend. But um, he was banged up, uh, Patrick, but is back now. And I guess we will be throwing tomorrow. But uh, I don't know. You know anything about his status? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just you know he's scheduled to throw tomorrow, um, and yeah, I don't. I guess he was maybe. I don't know if you want to say hurt, but they were definitely uh, taking some extra care with him. Um, I mean, he, he's been pitching great for the year, and he's probably pitched more than he's ever had. Um, so they were taking some care with him. He had some arm soreness. Yeah, I think he skipped a couple turns, um, and he's been back in the rotation. And actually, you know, last weekend we saw him kind of return to form for the first time since. He's taking some time off. His velocity was up, and he got uh, 60 pitches and looked pretty sharp. So um, tomorrow's going to be another big start for him because they really need him moving forward. All right, Patrick, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. So we kind of missed game one for a pick-to-click for the weekend. But how about your – we'll just go like Florida pick-to-click. So uh, pick-to-click to wrap up this series and then the first game of the tournament coming up on Tuesday and throughout Clearwater – who uh, who's your guy or two that uh, you will be highlighting? You think is going to have some big big plate appearances or, or big big time spots on the mound for ECU? Um, you know what, Alec Makarevich has actually been yeah. heating up. He's been kind of popping up in the order a little bit, so I really like him. He's actually put some put together some at bats after you know struggling a little bit early in the year, but he's he's been pretty great lately. 
Um, I'd also like to see, I know Jacob Starlin got in a you know pinch hitter, got in at the end of the game yesterday. Just like to see him get back at it. Um, that'll be pretty key. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess those guys will be something to watch. And, again, you know, kind of like, like it was last week, too, really keep an eye on what Trey Savage does on the mound because um, they're really looking for him to kind of round back into form just ahead of the postseason. Patrick Mason joining us. Patrick, you told us uh, the other day about your lobster bisque that you got at Walmart. I had to pick up some milk and Teddy Grahams uh, for my daughter on Wednesday night. And while I was there, I said, you know what? I'm going to find this soup. I found the soup. I bought the soup. I had it for lunch on Thursday. And it was pretty dynamite. It was pretty phenomenal. I, I give it an 8.5 8. out of 10. When you can have a lunch that A, is really tasty, and B, is, is filling for under $3, I mean, you got to jump at that chance, and that's exactly what I did. And I would like to thank you for turning me on to that lobster bisque at Walmart. Yeah, it was uh, honestly a game changer when I found it because, like you said, you know, it's pretty inexpensive, but the flavor is just out of this world. Yeah, it's, I mean, good consistency. I mean, all around, it's just, it's definitely a good buy. (laughs) No doubt. And uh, as Steve Hill said earlier in the show, it's a good day for Sue Patrick. So maybe on these uh, chilly temps here in May, uh, you could. Maybe put something together. I might be uh, might be cooking up something as well. Just something to think about this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. For everyone who's kind of worried about the weather, you know, hot weather mixing with the soup enjoyment, and now is a good time to get it in. Patrick sounds like he's floating in soup right now, so we'll let him go. We got some phone issues with you. Uh, so we will let you run. Patrick, check out his work pages of the Daily Reflector online, reflector.com, and follow him with updates throughout baseball as he'll keep you updated on Twitter. P. Mace, uh, good to talk with you. We'll see you on Wednesday. Sounds good, Clip. All right, he's loud and clear on the sign-off there. Patrick Mason joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. Looking forward to Pirate Baseball. We'll flip that over to ESPN Plus in just a moment, Shirley. I am trying to pull up the leaderboard right now. I just got word that uh, Harold Varner just eagled. Ooh. So I am trying to find his standings. Uh, he alert. has had Eagle a alert. very, very rough day today. Um. No, I know he's not that far down. There's the cut line, and I know he's above the cut. Okay, so he's five over oh my on the day. He, he he just missed green after green after green, but he did uh, just eagle a shot. Uh, let me see if I can find the uh, stats on that real quick because I was just looking at it. Uh, four, uh, 25 feet for uh, an eagle at 14. So that has been so it's not updated yet on the scorecard. Um did he <laughs> really go, just do that? The human soundboard, Chandler Honeycutt. Oh my gosh. That's um, awesome. It looks like so as that of right was now, on fourteen. That was on I'm fourteen. Seeing plus five through thirteen, so he is about to go to plus three, hopefully. Uh, uh, yes, you are correct. Yes, I hope I'm correct on that. Uh, boy, so that is a bad day, but a huge shot, which he needed uh, just to make the cut at this point. Yeah, because he was hovering over that cut line. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I need to back up here because I just I completely by- bypassed him here. Well, for some reason, they've got him showing at plus five. Good Lord, they went for 14 to 12. Who's doing this? leaderboard i'll tell you what we'll we'll yeah, update yeah, it when we oh, got yeah, okay. <laughs> well uh but right now we're, we're keeping an eye on that cut line and where harold is but yeah that is uh that's some positive news 
as he has had a rough day but that is uh big for him to get back Wait, in the good graces did you say what did he was it a birdie what did he have <laughs> he had an eagle uh, what <laughs> and- Thank you. This is why I sometimes I don't like when Chandler sits next to me because I can't cut his mic off without cutting mine off. He does his own soundboard. Yeah, that is kind of the drawback there. If your mic's on, Chandler Chandler's mic is on. Uh, Corey Connors in the lead, by the way, on the Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. All right, hour three. We got Morgan Aylers. We got Golf Talk with Greeny from the Golf Shop Radio Show. And we've got free beer. It's all coming up. Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, coming up this hour. In fact, we'll do it at the end of this segment. Morgan Ayler's uh, going to join us, and after we chat with Morgan... We're going to give away a case of Bud Light and a four-pack of Tall Boys of the Bojangles Hard Sweet Tea. It can be yours right here on Free Beer Friday on Pirate Radio Live. And we'll do that after this chat. Morgan Ehlers joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. DJ, Captain Morgan, how you doing today, sir? What's going on, Mr. Brock? This is a, a beautiful day here in downtown Seattle, Washington. That is funny because it looks like a typical Seattle day here. It's kind of cool and dreary and rainy, Morgan. So uh, we're, I guess we traded weather with you, but you've been out there in the great Northwest for a while now. Uh, How's your week gone? Man, I'm going to tell you something. We did the cruise, the seven-day cruise, left Seattle last Friday, got in this morning, and we had maybe the best weather week they've had in the Northwest in several years. I mean, it's been temperatures have been... 45, 50 at night, 65 to 70, sunny skies all week long. It was incredible, incredible week. Awesome stuff. Morgan Ehlers joining us from the great Northwest uh, here on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Speaking of which, Morgan, uh, Holton Ehlers, C.J. Johnson uh, there with the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, Holton's kind of gone in radio silence. I, I, I texted him after he got signed, and uh, he, he said thank you. Uh, he said he's uh, not going to do much media uh, for a while and just kind of focus on what he's got to focus on, which is great. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he's doing that. So uh, we haven't heard much much from him out of seattle we did hear his head coach talking about him pete carroll last week which was awesome but how much uh, contact have you had with holden and how are things going how did the the rookie mini camps go morgan i think the rookie mini camps went uh real well they had a three-day friday saturday sunday event last week and uh that went real well from what i understand i talked to him several times I'm actually gonna have dinner with him tonight and uh, you know it's it's a, a big big learning curve I mean, it's big going from high school to college, but 
when you're going from college to pros and you you know the quarterback position, you know, they run an entirely different offensive scheme than what East Carolina ran. The terminology is different. The, the schematics are different. That kind of thing. So he's been doing a lot of studying at night. You know, they're there every he's there at the practice facility every day between six six thirty. Usually leaves about five five thirty or so, and uh, and then he goes back to the hotel and he's studying the playbook. And uh, he does that for you know three or four hours at night. And goes to bed, gets up, and repeat. So uh, he's doing well. He's uh, excited and you know, looking forward to the chance to hopefully uh, they start their OTAs. I think Monday. So that'll be uh, be really good. And uh, hopefully they'll come home for a few weeks in uh, late June, and then get ready for uh, you know training camp. Yeah. So those are the the key dates uh, coming up: OTAs, and then a break, and then uh, the real deal with training camp and everything hits. So, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, folks pulling for him back here at home, Morgan, and that is good that he is uh, progressing uh, with that learning curve. And man, what a what an interesting team to be on too, Morgan. We talked about this kind of big picture with Seattle. Looked at going into the year last year as one of the bottom teams in the NFL. They make the trade, Russell Wilson for Drew Locke. They got veteran Geno Smith, and we were questioning even who would be the quarterback. Well, they go with Geno. He has a career year, gets him to postseason, and I don't know if a lot of people outside of Seattle expected them to have the year they had. says a lot about Pete Carroll and, and really just the organization they have there. Yeah, I was actually talking with Coach Carroll uh, right after the draft. And, you know, they, we're doing West Coast politics now. So <laughs> West Coast politics, bud. And it's all it is, bud. Uh, but no, they you know they, they had a really incredible draft. I've read a lot of different things, and like probably most people in Eastern North Carolina, I wasn't a big follower of the of the Seahawks. Uh, uh, trying to read more about them, I watched a few games, you know, from last year on the NFL Network, and uh, you know they they've done a great job with that Russell Wilson trade. If you look what they've got for Russell Wilson. Uh, They've really loaded the roster. This is going to be one of these teams this year that it does make a run of the Super Bowl. It all, you know, it all depends. They've got a lot of weapons uh, on the outside and running back. And you know, if you know plays the way he played last year, uh, you know who knows what's going to happen. But uh, a lot of people around Seattle are very excited about this football team. No doubt. Talking to Morgan Ehlers on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Morgan, since you went on your trek, here's a Pirate Baseball update. They've won a lot of games since uh, you took to the coast, and they lost one marathon game, 14-13 to against Campbell. But uh, what have you done for me lately? Pirates win yesterday. Houston loses to Cincinnati. So East Carolina back in first place in the American. And now all they got to do is win more than Houston here down the stretch to win another AAC regular season title. Looking at the RPI real quick as we get down to the wire here in this baseball season, East Carolina sitting at number 20. So work to be done if they want to host. They're looked at right now, Morgan, as a number two in a lot of the projections, but still time, still games to be played for them to maybe creep back into that top 16. Yeah, you would hope so. I think if they've got to go down uh, you know, today and tomorrow and take care of business, I was actually – uh, watching the game the other night against Campbell, sitting on the balcony of the cruise ship with the, the mountains behind me and the snow and all that kind of stuff, which was really cool. And um, yeah, they they went down there last night. One, it was really kind of surprising that Houston uh, 
a fill to the Bearcats the way they did. You know, I think maybe they went in there not expecting a good fight. And Cincinnati gave them more than a good fight, gave them a loss, and that's huge for us. And we've got to go out there and take care of business down there the next two games and then get set for the tournament and play really well in the tournament if they have any chance of hosting. Yeah, and you've seen it throughout the years, Morgan, uh, the, the fun that can be a regional here at Clark LeClaire Stadium or even other places where East Carolina has hosted a regional. But we've seen them kind of go on the road with chip on their shoulder uh we saw it against the virginia cavaliers they were able to come through that uh regional in charlottesville years ago and uh we have just had so many regionals here back to back to back in greenville uh if they're not able to be doing the same this year i'm kind of interested to see what a what a angry pirate team away from home chip on the shoulder would look like we might we might see that here in a couple weeks uh but uh who knows still a chance to host here either way cliff godwin uh will have his guys ready to go i'm sure about that yeah coach will have them ready to go and you know the thing is though if you're hosting a, a regional this year and uh would you want east carolina in your region absolutely not probably not <laughs> yeah i mean because you know it's they're you know been ranked in the you know, top 15, top 20, sometimes in the top 10 at any given point this year. And they're a very good baseball team now. Have they had their ups and downs? Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a team that always peaks toward the end, and that's when you want to be playing your best baseball. And hopefully that'll be the case for uh, Coach Godwin and his team. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, big uh, sports news today, the loss uh, of a legend. And before my time and – Maybe a little before your time as well. Jim Brown passing away at the age of 87. And it got Tony Dunn and I talking about the best running backs we've seen in our life. And um, I'd say most recently that would be Adrian Peterson. We went to Barry Sanders. We had a lot of um, folks a little bit older than us throw out some names with Tony Dorsett, Eric Dickerson. So I'll put you on the spot here, Morgan. Who's the best running back you've seen with your own eyes in your lifetime? I would say Barry Sanders is uh, arguably maybe the greatest running back that I've ever watched. And, again, not a big Detroit Lions fan, but you watch him, he would be running one way, shifting, and it looked like his whole upper body is going another way. I mean, it was crazy yeah. on how he ran the football. But, you know, he was dynamic. And I, I will tell you this, when I first started really watching football in the early 70s, I guess, the Miami Dolphins had their magical run of the undefeated season. One of the guys that – uh, I used to love to watch as a kid was Larry Zonka. Zonka, yep. You know, he was, you know, he wasn't the fastest guy, but man, he's like 6'3, 6'4, 240, 250, and would run over people. And if you look at him, his nose is broken, bent in 12 different places, if you ever met him now. And I had a chance to meet him, you know, actually at a, one of the spring football games when they used to have the Miller Lite All Stars came in and got a chance to hang out with him, play a little golf with him. Really super nice guy. But, he was my favorite growing up, but I also watched, uh, you know, in that same era of football, you had John Riggins with the Redskins, uh, which is uh, just a tough-nosed football player. And, you know, and I, I, I got another one for you, though. I just thought of this. I love to watch. And remember when they played Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh had the steel curtain defense. They had Jack Lambert, who used to just try to run over people and, and make tackles at linebacker. It was Earl Campbell with the uh, Houston Oilers. Uh, Earl Campbell would sit there and try to run over anybody. <laughs> he hit Jack Lambert one time and knocked Jack Lambert about six feet back. And uh, I always loved Earl Campbell. And, of course, his career was cut short. Yeah. 
Uh, for me and but he's a hall of famer just like he is so yeah we did best running back we've seen and then favorite youtube highlight package of a running back and earl campbell was a tad before my time but he was my answer for favorite highlights because as you said he didn't run around anybody he ran through them and also morgan he's got so many highlights where the guys have ripped his jersey off and he's just running in shoulder pads over people and i'll give you another one too bo jackson man so uh uh, again, time cut short, right? Uh, with injury, unfortunately. I was uh, uh, hip, the hip pointer that yeah. uh, turned into a hip uh, injury when he couldn't play like he, he did. But the time he ran down the sideline again, I think it was against Seattle when he played for Oakland, and maybe it was Seattle. I think so. And uh, he was going so fast, he looked like Forrest Gump. He just ran into the tunnel. And oh yeah, come walking back out. Because I think famously he ran over the Boz in that game too at the goal line, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was thinking about Larry Zonka. I've got this mental image in my head, and I looked it up. He had, I thought he had one bar on the helmet, but he had two bars. But I remember he, he's got that big uh, kind of U going down. I guess it's supposed to be a nose protector, Morgan, on the helmet, but it never worked because you talked about his broke nose. But uh, not a lot of bars or protection around his face when he's running the football back in the day. Well, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to wear a helmet, but I'm only, I want to play Joe Thighs, and then only have like one bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, protect your eyes, protect your nose, protect your uh, your pearly whites. Uh, they didn't do much of that back in the day, I guess. I guess they did. <laughs> DJ Captain Morgan Morgan Aylers joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Morgan, what else? Uh, and you're you're having some awesome R and R, well deserved. Are you keeping up with uh, hoops with the Canes? Uh, what else is on your sports menu these days? Anything? Well, I've been. Uh, I watched the highlights of the Canes last night. We really didn't have uh, on the ship the greatest television yeah. uh, service in the world. I had a little bit of streaming, but uh, you know, tough one for them last night. And uh, basketball, uh, I guess I'm watching it a little bit. Who uh, L.A. lost, didn't they? Yeah, Denver up two nothing in that series, and you got no Denver Butler and Bam and the Heat up one nothing over the Celtics. A uh, little bit of a surprise, although the Heat uh, have been doing this to everybody. They play game two tonight, Morgan. Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting game tonight. Uh, look for the Celtics to bounce back in that one. Yeah, Morgan, uh, great chatting with you, man. When are you uh, returning back here to the East Coast? We are flying out tomorrow. We will arrive in Raleigh at eleven fifty-nine tomorrow night. All right, sounds good. Well, uh, glad you enjoyed your time out there. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon, Mark. All right, buddy. Y'all have a great weekend. You too, man. There he is. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Pirate Radio Live Line. As we take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. You got hockey tonight. Dallas and Vegas. Game one of that series, 830 on ESPN. Game two, Heat and Celtics going on TNT at 830 with Miami. A one nothing series lead. All right. Getting an update on the PGA Championship. Corey Connors uh, has birdied, so he is six under, now two ahead of Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland. They are four under par. We get an HV3 update. We're trying to figure out where he is. So he's at plus four right now through 15, four over par. The projected cut line is five, so not a lot of wiggle room for Harold. Only a few holes left, though. Now, what was that? What did you say, Corey? Connors did. I said he birdied. Is that? Oh, he did. Yeah, he bur- he birdied. <laughs> You're right, Shirley. This is pretty annoying. Uh, but I hope it continues. Chandler Honeycuts 
self uh, soundboard. I over try there. to go as fast as I can to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. She's got, she only has to do one click. I yeah. have to go. And you load. got several. And you got to worry about the internet and pages loading and all kinds of yeah. stuff. So Ads. Very good, though. Very good stuff there, Chandler. All right. Uh, I tell you what. Oh, uh, Jamie's got another name. Franco Harris. Another, again, before my time, but certainly seen the highlights. Uh, the Immaculate Reception and, uh, and all that. All right. I want to give away some beer. Let's open up the booty bag, Shirley. I also have booty, a booty, uh, booty, 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 update for you booty, booty, from booty, ECU booty, South booty, Florida. Booty, What's your update? South Florida up one nothing after a bomb a was bomb? sent across the right field fence. That is crazy that that ball got out because off the bat, it looked like it was just going to be a regular fly out, but it carried. The ball is flying out in Tampa, folks. Oh, man. One nothing, South Florida carrying. on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. All right, we'll go caller 12, 317-1250. We got a case of Bud Light. We got a four-pack of the Tall Boys of the Bojangles Hard Sweet Tea. 28 beers in all. It can be yours if you are lucky. Caller 12, 317-1250. We're back with more Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk more PGA Championship and keep an eye on ECU and USF. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 uh, ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. And congratulations to Bobby Swords, who uh, picked up our... uh, Big Free Beer Friday package. Free Beer Friday brought to you by Bud Light. Every day, especially game day, is better with an ice-cold Bud Light. Pick up some today at your favorite retailer. Bud Light, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989 and the official beer of the ECU Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. A-plus read, Shirley Rhodes. Welcome back into the show. Chandler Honeycutt here as well. Pirates trailing South Florida 1-0 as they play in the second inning down in Tampa. On the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Um, by the way, no baseball for the Down East Wood Ducks and Fayetteville Woodpeckers. They're going to play a doubleheader coming up on Saturday. Just saw that according to Nine On Your Side Sports, WNCT Channel 9. So no Woodies and Woodies going at it. They'll play a doubleheader coming up on Saturday as we look at the PGA leaderboard. Corey Connors in the lead at six under par that's where we sit right now as we welcome on mark greenhelge golf shop radio show to the program greeny how you doing today i'm doing great clip how you doing i'm doing great and uh Corey connors is doing great three under for the day 
six under for the tournament has a two-shot lead over scotty scheffler and victor hovland right now as they play up in rochester new york so what is uh if anything stood out to you day two of the pga championship greeny yeah well the the fact that the guys in the morning uh there were only two of them that were under par for the first 36 holes all of the other ones hadn't even teed off yet and uh so we're going to see how this plays out. It seems like the golf course is really playing where the first four or so holes on each nine are the ones that you need to make birdies on. And then you kind of hold on for dear life at the end of the nine. So it's been an interesting golf course. It's been an interesting setup is that, you know, a lot of pins are in the corners and it's been fun to watch. I think I've said this before. I think Kerry Haig of the PGA does the best job of any of the guys that set up golf courses for major championships in terms of rewarding good shots and penalizing bad shots, giving you the opportunity to try and go for something or play safe. So in the PGA championship, for me, you get the best bang for the buck. You get a lot of birdies. You get a lot of bogeys. You get some others. You get an occasional eagle. So it's always fun to watch, and I think this has been the same so far. Morgan Neal's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Greeny, a name at the top of the leaderboard for a lot of Thursday and a little bit of today uh, was Bryson DeChambeau and uh, just have not seen his name at the top of the leaderboard in a long time. So uh, got off to a good start. Uh, I guess has come back to the pack a little bit. Now he is one under par. How about Bryson's round uh, and, and round plus so far in this tournament? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that had always held Bryson back was, you know, we knew he hit it a long way, but it wasn't necessarily accurate. So yesterday he only missed two fairways and he didn't miss them that badly. So he kind of corrected the thing that has held him in in the past from maybe making a run at, let's say, an Augusta National. Uh, So far today, he's actually been fairly accurate with the driver, but he cost himself uh, hitting a bad shot on the long par three, making bogey, and then dumping one in a bunker and then not getting the next one on the green and making double bogey on the very difficult sixth hole. That sixth hole is going to be a, one to watch through the weekend. Is Even though it comes early in the round, you get through there with a the par, you kind of take a, a deep breath, and you, and you go on from that standpoint. But, man, it's been tripping a lot of people up today. We saw Max Homa hit two balls in the water, one mm. off the tee and uh, one on his third shot. And uh, it's been an interesting hole. So it's been fun to watch. And, you know, it's, it's kind of odd that Bryson's still hitting it as good as he did yesterday, just not scoring as well. So we'll see how that plays out. The wrist injury uh, has obviously been something that's hurt him for quite a while. And like Brooks Kepka, we were kind of waiting to see when he was going to come back. And is this the week or not? Well, that remains to be seen. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Greeny, every time I have you on and, and it's a major and I see a name, at uh, the top or near the top of the leaderboard that I'm unfamiliar with, I ask you about him. Uh, today, that name is going to be Michael Block. I got to tell you, I'm not familiar with that name. He is tied for 10th, the American uh, even par right now. So, Greeny, uh, give me the skinny on this guy. Who is Michael Block, and is he a name we should get to know, or is it a flash in the pan here? What do you think? He is actually one of the 20 PGA professionals that uh, made it into this tournament. Okay. PGA of America hosts a uh, PGA professional. So your local club pro, they all have the opportunity to go uh, play in this uh, national event. And the top 20 finishers out of that event all get into the PGA championship. So that's why when you look at the official PGA championship leaderboard, you see the PGA, uh, they're one of the 20. You kind of see a special logo to the right of their name. But here's the thing. 
Not many times do one of those PGA professionals make the cut, let alone be tied for 10th. <laughs> I think the last time that one of them actually was inside the top 20 was uh, like in the late 90s. Wow. So this is a, a, a rather rare event. So, And man, I'll tell you what, he was within one shot of the lead at one point. He was three under par, and he actually shanked one on a par three, ended up making a double bogey after he had just bogeyed a par five from the middle of the fairway. So he kind of had, let's say he hit two bad shots in a row, cost himself three strokes. But the fact that he's at even par and beating a lot of other guys that do this week in and week out for their living, uh, he was like, man, the, the great news about this is I'm out here just having fun because I've, I have a paycheck waiting for me when I get home. I don't have to make the cut to make the paycheck. That is uh, that's awesome, and uh, gives me a, an extra rooting interest for this weekend. I'll be keeping an eye on Michael Block, uh, tied for tenth uh, right now at the PGA Championship. Uh, the roller coaster day for Harold Varner the third continues. He just birdied, so he was even par going into the day. Had got all the way down to five over par, and now sits at three over, which is at least safe. It looks like for him to make the cut. Uh, you got some big names right there on that plus five cut line with Phil Mickelson and. Uh, Tony Finau and some others. So Xander Shoffley four over par. So it looks like Greeny uh, plus five is going to be the cut for today. And um, HV three not playing great, but safe from that. Uh, Phil and um, and those other names trying to get into days three and four. Yeah, I mean you got uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, a U.S. Open champion from last year. You got Justin Thomas, who's the PGA champion from last year. And you got Jordan Spieth, who's a multi-major <laughs> champion, all, all out on the golf course at plus five. It has been trying to make its way to plus four, because you're getting 70 in ties, I believe, for this. And they're right now, to your point, there's 76 guys. And again, the thing about this golf course at Oak Hill is six, seven, eight, and nine on the front nine, and 16, 17, 18 on the back nine are the most difficult holes on each nine. Hmm. So... Here we are. Most of the field is going to be coming to those holes late in the day. There is an outside chance that this thing, kind of like what you saw at the Masters, where it slipped really late, you might see that again. And, and by the way, the, the, the weather there is actually better right now than it was supposed to be. They were supposed to have some winds of 15 to 20 miles an hour gusting to 30 this afternoon. And people were this morning were like, man, this cut's definitely going to five. Six is most likely going to get in. They had a little rain that came through, and it kind of almost settled the, the wind down a little bit. So, uh, the, like I said, outside chance it might slide to six. Mark Greenelge Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Greeny, uh, if your Bruins were playing last night, you might have stayed up till after 2 a.m. to watch them. I'm going to assume you didn't stay up for the end of Carolina and Florida last night. No, uh, I think you and I have discussed this before, man. When my team's out, I tune out. <laughs> I, I, pull, I pull so hard and so long for my team. Uh, man, I tell you, the, the hard part about the Bruins is all the all the great success that they had during that regular season. And then, you know, you, you always find out after the uh, team gets eliminated, you know, what kind of injuries they had. It seemed like every important player that the Bruins had got injured in the last week of the season or in the beginning of the playoffs. And just it's one of those things. Whoever is the healthiest kind of is the one that wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah. That's how it goes. You have to have a little bit of luck. So, man, I would have stayed up for that thing. And, by the way, that was, what, 12 seconds left in the, in the fourth right. time. I mean, we were this close to going to overtime number five. 
and people get <clears throat> up to like three o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. Well, the uh, the Celtics are still alive, but Jimmy Butler and Eastern North Carolina product Bam Adebayo are trying to make sure that that uh, is no longer a thing. They win game one, game two coming up tonight. Uh, TNT eight thirty. Boston trying to even that series. Also on the hockey side, you've got Vegas and Dallas eight thirty Western Conference Final game one. So some stuff uh, to watch after the golf has finished up. Greeny, uh, what you got coming up Saturday on the Golf Shop Radio Show? Well, we will check in with as we usually do with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Then we're going to go to Keith Stewart, who is a does a, a a company called Read the Line. So we're going to talk maybe a little odds and see where maybe some prop bets and things along those lines around the PGA Championship. We'll check in with him. Then we're going to check in with the uh, president of the Myrtle Beach Course Owners Association, Tracy Connor, as Myrtle Beach has been uh, awarded a PGA Tour event for 2024. So another event coming to the Carolinas on the golfing scene. And then we'll check in with Michael Toth, the tournament director for the Charles Schwab, which is next week. And then Rex Hoggard of the Golf Channel will join us for our final segment uh, there live from the PGA Championship. So lots of good stuff. Yeah, pack show coming up 8 and 2.10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio Saturday morning. Mark Greenhelge and crew. Greeny, good to chat with you today. Have a great show tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right, thanks, Cliff. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. All right, the Bulls are threatening, not quite on a parade yet, but two on. Uh, you got runners on the corners with two outs in the bottom of the second inning. Josh Groves facing some uh, some trouble here. Good news, he's not walking anybody. Bad news, they are finding some contact on his pitches. And again, runners on the corners, two men out in the bottom of the second. South Florida up one nothing on ECU on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck, and let me update you right here. Got him to pop up. Third base, uh, I guess Alec Makarevich catches it. Inning over. Let's go hit the baseball. All right. Thanks. But you're ahead of me. Yeah, I kind of knew that. This is why I didn't say anything. Thank you, Shirley. You are a veteran at the game, and there's some that have to learn. Well, I just wanted to give an update. You wanted that glory of that update. Yeah, I just you wanted, wanted people listening to say Chandler just gave us an awesome update. Yeah, and they're doing it right now. They're literally like they're stopped at a stoplight on the road. They're rolling down their window, and they're saying, hey, roll yours down, too. Chandler Honeycutt just gave an update that just blew my socks off. I was previously wearing socks. Now, I am no longer wearing socks. <laughs> I am no longer. I'm starting to smell the foot odor rise. My toes are exposed. Oh, my God. My toes are cold. Uh, Chandler, Shirley, how about a, uh, a watch-along to wrap up this Friday edition? Uh, how about you? Yeah. We got a little senioritis. We're ready to just hang out, watch sports. Uh, we're going to do that. We'll watch the uh, Pirate game uh, for the remainder of this show and talk to you. Join us Facebook, YouTube, and more to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. Still living with your ghost. 
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 63,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty. Got Lane Hoover at the plate, battling two and two count with the Starman. Jacob Starling over at first. Pirates trailing South Florida one nothing. Let me get a game time for Houston and Cincinnati as Chan Man joins me inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We'll watch this baby until we wrap things up here on Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Big one for the Pirates as they try to secure another AAC championship. A Hoover chopper going to be too slow to get two as he will reach first on a fielder's choice. So it'll be one on now with one out as the Pirates bat in the top of the third. Houston coming off that loss to Cincinnati last night. We'll take on the Bearcats coming up today at 630. Uh, This would be Houston time, so you can move that an hour. And we'll be following that one tonight. Chandler? Yes, uh, huge loss for Houston last night. And hopefully they do it again. Need the Pirates to win again today. They're down one to nothing. That stinks, though. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus, man. Lane Hoover is picked off. They throw over to second, get him out. Wow. Balk! Balk, dude, balk! I always call for a balk when something like that happens. So Lane had committed to second. Pitcher throws it over to first. Easy throw to second. And Lane is out. Balk! Balk. That happened the other day when I was at the game with my parents. I think somebody got picked off. And I literally was like, someone got picked off at second. And I was saying, hey, he balked. I just, I, in my mind, because it, it did look weird the way he came off the mound. You always got to say balk. But nobody was arguing. And I was like, all right, never mind. So, Don't you hate when you're at a sporting event and. Oh, man. Good catch by the center fielder to wrap up the third inning. Uh, it happens sometimes, like in Minji's. A lot of times when I'm yelling at refs, others are because there is a bad call. But uh, when something happens and you're like, he traveled! And like nobody else around you is saying it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, all right, maybe, maybe I'm <coughs> wrong here and everybody else is right. Or maybe you guys just don't know ball like i know ball or maybe y'all just can't see like i, I can see. maybe, y'all, ain't got maybe this y'all are not going to be as good referees one day as i am going to be one day but it is a lonely feeling when you're the only one yelling something at a live sporting event i want to ask you this question you do pa when you get usually when you're at clark leclerc stadium you're working you're doing the pa um don't bother me i'm working but at the basketball games, you're there as a fan. I'm and, fanning. And you are. Don't bother me. I'm fanning. Yeah. Well, you are definitely a fan because you do a lot of yelling. You do a lot of uh, complaining to the refs, which a lot of times it's, you know, for good reason. If you were at a baseball game as a fan, would you say you and your dad were season ticket holders for baseball and you had as much love for ECU baseball as you did basketball? Would you be one of those fans? Would come on, Blue. 
Would you be one of those guys? Not to. What are you looking at, Blue? Not to the effect that I am for basketball. I, I can't commit myself to every pitch like I can every possession for basketball. I'm there. I'm working. I'm playing every possession as if it's my last as a basketball fan. I'm in, I'm in every every possession counts, Chandler. I just can't commit that to the game of baseball like I do basketball. South Florida has Hoss Cartwright <laughs> as their baseball coach. Yeah. He got some chubby cheeks. And he had some stuff stored in there, too, whether it be tobacco, whether it be sunflower seeds. He's packing. Yeah, he's packing <laughs> something in there. Josh Cruz. Still on the mound for the Bates. I'm for the bird. Mm. He's got some high-waisted white pants today. Mm. His tail end looks dirty. <laughs> he Does it not? He ain't got no tail end. He is flat. <laughs> he needs to bulk up back there. Ugh. Man, just, get him off the mound. Get him out of here. Oh, you're yanking. Uh, are you one of those guys? I'm, I'm being one of the fans. I'm yeah. being like, come on. And I'm not applauding you. I'm not applauding you. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. I know day. it did. And I saw somebody, I think it was Redbeard, and I meant to say something. Um, but I, I was like, I bet somebody will already say it was Redbeard. But there was a situation the other day. Literally, guy comes in, gives up a couple runs, or walks some people. And it was a good ovation. I know. And it was a really good ovation to that that pitcher. I can't remember who it was, but all I thought about was you. And I wanted to be like, no, stop it. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> and I In don't, the name of Clip Brock. No, Clip I don't want you to do that either. I just want you to, to just kind of sit there. talk, Maybe talk to your neighbor, the person you went to the game with or something. But that, and there's no need for a, a big ovation. If a guy doesn't deserve a big ovation, oh, no need to man. boo either. These South Florida bats are hot. They're just cranking everything that Josh Gross throws at this point. No outs, man on first and third. Runners at the corner. Scott says football is just as bad when fans coach from the stands. Chandler's a big uh, hands to the face guy. Illegal hands to the face. Hands to the face. <laughs> that is literally my go-to. That is your favorite call. I had never met anyone, and to this day, to this day, you're still the only person I've met that calls that during football games. We're watching the tiebreakers. <laughs> There's uh, eight games going on at once. At least three TVs are showing hands to the face, and they're not calling it. And Chandler's on it. I, I guess you're sensitive deals. to that as a former uh, long snapper slash lineman. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like holding. It happens every play. It just depends on if the referees see it. I see and my it. God, when I they call it, play. it is egregious. It is like... Oh, they're like... And pulling up. Yeah. Almost taking their head off. AK with the mound visit to Josh, Josh Rose, Rose. Still going to go here in the bottom of the third for East Carolina. Need a strikeout here, Josh. Need a strikeout. I was talking about coaching. I was talking to jake my trivia buddy the other night about how when i was younger i don't know if people remember the cornerback dietrich allen uh but yeah <laughs> dietrich allen would get beat and i would oh my god wild pitch and it was as wild as you'll that see was, uh, that just came oof, my goodness came out of the hand slipped out of the hand something to nothing but i would get up and i would say dietrich like, yell at him as he can hear me. What are you doing? Get your head out of your butt. Really? I would. Oh, my God. That's 
and that helps that's what i'm saying i don't do it now but like i was a <laughs> passionate ecu fan at the age of like 10 11 i used to Dietrich. Think, i'd say Dietrich. <laughs> he'd get like beat on a, like a 20 yard out and Dude. i'd be like what are you do? i said Dietrich. <laughs> that's fun i mean yeah i hear you're a young boy you want your team to succeed you want his head out of his butt we got a review hey they are right out there in the middle of everything <laughs> they're like chilling they're like here's the headsets you want a beer too atticus uh what you guys really i was just looking at the replay and i just said he's safe he tagged him I mean, now he you got want there. the glory <laughs> no am yeah. i ahead of you yes oh i'm sorry yeah. i thought we were on the same page already y'all are some glory hogs glory hog i say that as somebody who ran a clip earlier in the show of me (laughs) talking about about it (laughs) (laughs) and literally sat in here went where do y'all get this from (laughs) where where do y'all get this learn from the best (laughs) here's what i don't know i don't i produced for troy d forever so that's where Uh, i got (laughs) here's what i don't understand how is it that you can remember something that you said last week I can't remember what I said five minutes ago. Because it was something I was right about, and I was like, and I saw Moylan's been hot, and I'm like, hey, I said that. I need to find that. And uh, Shirley, you were sitting beside me. I knew right where it was too. I know that's, that <laughs> was what was so creepy about it. That's why I was like, did you do research or something before? I am Rain Man in some aspects. I don't know why they looked at that. He was clearly yeah. safe. Shirley uh, was correct. He was clearly safe. And Josh Moylan is talking, to, or excuse me, Josh Groves is talking to himself on the mound. Really need an out here. My goodness. This this inning has gone hit, hit, wild pitch run. And now we got a man on second uh, with the big lefty for South Florida batting. I don't know his name, so I'm going to call him big Ar- lefty. Armando Baycott. Baycato. Mando. Atticus says, I'm heading out for the weekend. In case you were wondering, you fine gentlemen have a wonderful weekend. Shirley, you as well. Thank you, Atticus. Thank you, Atticus. You too. Stay safe, bud. Stay safe. I love how he coming in to tell us he was, I'm heading out. See y'all. I mean, it would be inappropriate for him to just leave without saying goodbye. Here's Atticus. I'm going to tell you what. You let, I'm going to do what my mom does to me. Tell me when you're there. <laughs> Text me when you got there safely. But where is he going? I don't know. But where, wherever out. you're going, make sure you text. They, I, I do that to the same. Uh, I know. I, I do know. the same thing. I know. If I'm traveling, my friends will tell me text me when you get home, so that they know I got home safely. I do the same thing with my friends. Shirley if does they, it with Chandler when he goes out to lunch. Shirley says, "Text me when you get to lunch, Chandler." <laughs> no she doesn't <laughs> we're worried about you no I, I don't actually the only time i ever do it is i'm like uh clip is gonna be a few minutes because he's got stuff to do are you gonna be here for lunch because i need to go to lunch because i'm hungry we got fives. fives warming up i knew my spivey sense were tingling mm. senses oh god that's terrible terrible what was that a walk we just had that indeed was Mr. first Flip Rock. And, first and second nobody out and the guy on second is on the run south florida already up Let's see what boneyard banner saying about this game oh dear lord <laughs> do we really want to do season. that <laughs> season's over 
Uh, okay, that's good. A typical Starbucks. We will come to life mid-game and take over. All right. That was a surprisingly positive post there. This is, I mean, this could get worse than what it started yesterday, but South Florida did get to up to a 3 to nothing lead yesterday over ECU. And then uh, Pirates, Pirate Bats got hot. So hopefully that could be the situation today. As we might be seeing the exit of Josh Groves here soon. Yep. Oh, no. That could be a gapper. Is it a gapper? No, it is a can of corn. Okay. JJC with the out, with the put out. Looked dangerous off the bat, but was not clean contact. Am I crazy or did it not look like a gapper? It looked like a gapper. I thought it looked like a gapper, but it wasn't a gapper. Sound like Seinfeld. I thought it was a gapper. I thought it was a gapper. A gapper. Joaquin Monique. No, Monque. <laughs> Monique. There's no I in there. Monque. Monque. Joaquin Monque. Joaquin Monque. That's an interesting name. I want to hear. For an interesting guy. Corey Glor say this guy's name. The 1 0. The 1 0. To Joaquin Monque. As we see Cliff Goblin's father in the background. And Albert Holloman, friend of my father, sitting beside him. What was his name? Uh, they call him Hobo, but his name is Albert Holloman. And he's a friend of Clip Senior. Just an old uh, Clip Junior, old say. winnable guy. He's at every game. And I was he won our uh he won the guest the stretch contest last weekend. I told my dad about it on Sunday when I saw him. And he never says clip when he sees my dad or he sees me, he says, Hey Brock. Brock What's going on, Brock? Interesting so, fellow. Um sometime during the season we were at a game and everybody knows the um seventh inning stretch take me out to the ball game is performed by les gardner mm-hmm. uh, a friend uh my a friend of mine's grandfather well les i was gardner. talking to jonathan ellerby and i told him i said well who is this guy because i mean i don't i passed away before my time here in, in greenville and he told me who he was, a big pirate fan, big pirate donor, and he said that that recording was in was made in this studio. I did not know. Yes, I don't know that if I was correct. aware of that. That's interesting. That is correct because I was corner. here when it was done. Awesome. All right, you pirate fans. Oh, Old take me. Good question from Jamie. How far can Chandler hike a football? Hike. If we go on a distance, how far can you snap it back there? Can, mm. can you go ten yards? Well, I snapped 15 yards. So would that be a yes? Yes. Can you go 15 yards? Yes. Can you go 18 yards? Yes. Can you go 22 yards? Yes. Can you go 25 yards? Yes. Can you go 28 yards? Yes. Can you go 31 yards? Uh, here's where we start to kind of be like, all right. Can you go 31 yards? If I give it, If I give it a good heave... I mean, look, I might look, listen, you guys, give me, you give me a football. We need I, to take a break. Oh, uh, take a break. But I think I could, I think I could chunk it a good, a good ways. 35. We're cutting it off there. That's a long ways, Chandler. But you think you can get 30? If I snap at 15, I can get another 15 yards, I think. All right. He's going 30 take our last break come back get ready to wrap it up that wraps it up too for josh Groves. it'll be carter spivey coming into a bases loaded situation with one out 
back with you to wrap it up. Power Radio Live after this. Stupid game with my big black boots and an old suitcase. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a down day for the stock market. The Dow was down 109 points at 33,426. The NASDAQ closes out the week down 30 points at 12,657 and the S&P was down 6 at 4,191. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Cliff. All right, South Florida going to get another run across here on a sack fly. So it's going to be 3 nothing Bulls with two on, two out in the bottom of the third inning, hoping the Pirates have another rally in them as they did yesterday. Thanks for joining us, folks. Enjoyed it. For Shirley Rhodes, the Chan Man, I am Clip Rock. We'll see you Monday at 3, all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.